Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show is recorded on October the 24th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and joining me as always, my best turtle friend. Oh my. Caffeine rage? <laughs> on today's show, we will of course be discussing the games we played this week. The NeoGAF CEO is accused of sexual assault. The Escapist fires all paid staff, save Yahtzee. Wolfenstein 2 doesn't have multiplayer because it would dilute the storytelling. Over three times as many video game projects fail than succeed on Kickstarter. Destiny 2's population tracker is gone because it was used to spread false narratives. Twitch adds loot boxes for temporary emotes. We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rach. How are you? Uh... Suffering from allergies. <clears throat> I feel you. I feel you. Well, I week. wish you'd warm up your hands. <laughs> At least mine are seasonal. Oh, fair play. Yeah, it used to be when I was a kid. Uh, I would get almost flu-like uh, in the spring and uh, autumn for about a week each. And nowadays, it's just a bit of a scratchy throat and you know, uh, waking up feeling blah. But right. you know, a little bit of coffee and a little bit of Benadryl. Right. I uh mine are especially bad in the spring. The fall can go either way. We've had a so far a warm and wet fall. So there have been many things blooming past when they should be. So I've had worse allergies this fall than huh. than in the it's last couple like of the years. Climate is changing or something. One might think, but isn't that supposed to be a Chinese hoax? Yeah, let's check with the EPA on that. <laughs> oh, look at that. The, oh. the, the, all the info is gone, and they, they fired all their scientists. Well, that makes me sad. I laughed at first and almost spewed coffee everywhere. I don't uh, how is that coffee different? incidents. <laughs> yeah, before the recording, folks, I, uh, I was making coffee because I was tired, and I accidentally spilled it every fucking where in the kitchen, including on my feet. And my hand, my leg, it was terrible. Not only did I waste coffee, but I burned myself. On the right side, though, I woke up. Yeah, that'll wake you up. N- nothing like second degree burns to wake up a person, right? <laughs> the best part of waking up it's is ah! <laughs> that was That was probably way funnier than it should have been, but that was good. I can handle that. Not the coffee, obviously, but uh, <laughs> the or jokes, least, or at least the goofs, the, or at least not uh, the drinking of the coffee. Yeah, can handle the goofs though. Anyways, what were we doing? Podcasting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that thing we tend to do every so often. That thing we do roughly once a week, most of the time. At least in theory. Was I... Was I talking uh, talking to you the other night when I bought my new mug? Uh, yes. Yes, okay, I was. It's when we were talking about one of our news topics, which... This would be a great segue to that. Too bad I'm so shit at segues. Uh, no, no, I'm, you're not shit at segues. You're shit at uh, 
you know, not covering them. <laughs> you know, All the, this the talk whole, of the, of coffees making me think about my new glorious PC Master Race mug that I ordered the other day. I'll take a picture and put it on Twitter when it gets here. Yeah, see, I just have my uh, Kerbal mug that I still use uh, for like two years, three years now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the best co- part of the coffee? Explosions! <laughs> Explosions of caffeine in your brain. Oh, well, uh, you don't want to, uh, you know, have caffeine explode too much because, you know, then that becomes the new baseline. You need to drink more and more of it. And then you have to have a detox day and, you know, that's sleepy day. Man, today should be my sleepy day. When it rains, it pours. October has been crazy around the clinic. This uh, week who got is fired so this far. Week? Oh, no one got fired. We just have a lot of new clients with like all emergency stuff. I think everybody's like crazy. Like they've all gone crazy for October. All them there Satan worshippers are coming out. They just need Jesus in their life. I heard that from from someone the other day. I face palmed very hard. And then you spilt your coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that feeling passed forward all the way to tonight. That's what really caused me to spill my coffee. <laughs> it was just like residual. Fact. I just started thinking about them. I was like, oh, shit. And I just spilled coffee everywhere. <laughs> Seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but now I'm having second thoughts. Uh, uh, just like having this podcast in general? I never have second thoughts about this podcast. It's one of the highlights of my week. Boy, your week must really suck then. You have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, let's go talk about things that don't suck, I think. Which are the games that we played this week? Yeah, I guess I should go first, and uh, I'm going to be talking about Warframe again. Yes, one of those rare weeks I actually talk about the same game twice, because I usually avoid this, because it's not nearly as interesting to talk about the same game twice, but I was able to get the last part of the quest chain that I needed to unlock the second half of this update that just came out. Which, a uh, big uh, thanks to Deathsaber for helping me out with this, by the way. Uh, yeah. After getting the ability that... I don't want to talk too much about the actual storyline in case you care about it, because there is a couple interesting twists on it. But, essentially, completing... I would say three uh, of the main cinematic uh, and uh, uh, non kind of sarcasm, non-sarcasm quotes because these quests are have a lot of cutscenes in it, and that's why they're considered the cinematic quests, not the they run at twenty-four FPS or thirty FPS. <laughs> uh, but getting uh, these quests done unlocks a fifth ability for your Warframe, which is across all your Warframes. And this also enables you to survive the night on the plains of Echelon. And once you get that ability, the plains are, at least for the most part, pretty easy to survive in. And it feels kind of a bullshit uh, uh, progression check, to be perfectly honest, just with how easy it is. Okay. With the exception of the raid boss that stomps around, which I haven't beat yet. Uh, did you ever play World of Warcraft? Uh, 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 well, I mean World of Warcraft in the Burning Crusade era. Uh, yeah, Burning Crusade was when I first picked it up. Okay, remember Fell Reaver? Yeah. Okay, think essentially uh, a big raid-esque uh, enemy 
It, this isn't raid-esque per se, but it's a lot tougher and very difficult to uh, beat solo, at least at this current time, uh, that walks around like Fell Reaver. Okay. And if you uh, attack them and you aren't set up for it, uh, it's pretty much a guaranteed death. Uh, outside of that, I'm pretty much able to survive the night without a problem. And it felt a little bit disheartening that it's that simple. It's literally just unlocking that extra ability. And also, I did a little bit more uh, diving onto uh, the mining and the fishing side of things, so the resource collection. And uh, resource collection, well, the fishing, it turns into a little bit of an annoyance, to be perfectly honest, because different fish types, well, uh, for those who don't remember, there's spear fishing in the game. Which I absolutely love the idea of, but they complicated it in a way that I really don't appreciate. In that different fish are more vulnerable to different types of spears. So you have to swap in between them if you're hunting for different fish. And to equip them, you have to use up your gear slots, which you only have so many of. So you're having to either particularly target certain fish or... uh equip more than one of the fishing spears, and that's a little much to me. I would have much rather seen the the spears be one upgrading to the next, particularly since the next one should have uh, been just a complete upgrade, but it isn't, if you get my drift. Right. Okay. And, well, one thing that I did like is that they do have fishing da, which allows you to fish more easily. And that's not required to be put on the gear slots, which, you know, why couldn't that be the, uh, how it goes for everything else, you know? Okay. If you're using the fishing spheres and you have da in your inventory, uh, you bring up the gear menu and you're able to use it there. It should have been like that for the spheres and the, the mining side of things, I found out that the high-end lasers does, in fact, show the mineable ores on the mini-map, but also that I ignored the distance tracker. So there's a, uh, there is technically a visual indicator of, you know, how far away you are from uh, mine, uh, mining nodes if you're listening to podcasts or something, but it's not nearly as useful as the audio cues, which is irritating. Yeah, you uh, complained about those last week. Yeah, I did a little bit more research and a little bit more toying around with it. Yes, you can use the distance indicator, and the distance indicator only kicks in at 15 meters anyway. So, yes, you could use that to kind of zero in, but it's a lot slower. So, why would you do that, right? Right. And also, well... uh, once I unlocked the fifth ability, it also kind of made uh, the third tier of bounties a lot easier. Just uh, being able to do certain things and having a little bit uh, more choice in what I could do. It's still a very uh, slow grind on the experience or the uh, rep standing, but it's not nearly as bad as it was. It's just one of those things that it felt like a hurdle that really shouldn't be there or a more binary hurdle that that really should have been. I think it should have made things easier. Yes, but not impossible because without that fifth ability, the enemies during the night is literally unkillable. They go immune. 
Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was a little bit annoyed with it. <laughs> Granted, you can team up with someone else that has that ability. Like, if I brought you in, I'd be able to uh, finish off things while you uh, uh, do the first half of the damage. But it's still, yeah, a little bit more cumbersome than it really should have been. But it really comes down to how Warframe is really designed. They put in basic ideas and they refine them. And sometimes completely negating old systems. And I'm not sure if that's a great way of game development uh, uh, for the long run. Granted, yeah, Warframe does have a very strong community. But I'm a little concerned about bringing in new players. (laughs) If they keep refining things like this and making things a little bit more obtuse. Yeah. The new player experience for Warframe has got to be a nightmare even before this. Yeah. There's just like 18,000 things that have piled on each other over the years. And all the things are good. But when you come in and look at it for the first time, you're like, what the hell is this mess? Yeah. Warframe is one of those games that you, well, for one, well, I've watched Total Biscuit's video on it just to see what he was doing, and he didn't exactly show it off all that well because he brought in a, a lot weaker stuff than he really should have. Because he heard it was a new player area, then he uh, chose yeah higher level stuff uh, to fight against because it's a variable level area. You're able to dictate the levels of enemies you're fighting by choosing various uh, bounties. Or if okay. you go into free roam, it's all, oh, yeah pretty low level low to mid level so it's not that big a deal but bounties will change the uh, the levels of things yeah, but he was uh talking about just how going into it it's a, a variable mess and it's more of a wiki game almost roguelite esque where you have to look up a lot of systems because there's no really good tutorials i think their next major update for one, they need to streamline some things, and two, they need to redo their tutorial system. Because typically, what games that do massive redos like this uh, for various systems, because they completely changed one system uh, from the last time I played. Uh, I didn't play much past when they changed the star map. So that's another system that they pretty much completely redone since I played a lot. They never really explain what is going on all that well so they really need a new player experience improvement in tutorials uh, lack of tutorials is a killer for games i mean let's just pick one almost at random how about lawbreakers <laughs> <laughs> that's a game that could have done a lot better but everything i've heard about that game talked about how cumbersome it was because they didn't explain a fucking thing and for an arena shooter like that, people aren't going to go look up. For an RPG or MMO, depending on how you want to classify Warframe, people will have the patience to go look things up. But for arena shooters, you won't. So it's kind of running into the same problem, or it could run the same problem that Lawbreakers will, or had. Uh, speak while I do that. Warframe may run into the same problem that Lawbreakers did where their new player experience is literally non-existent. And it's only going to attract people that are going to try to sit down and figure things out. Granted, it does have one thing going for it that Lawbreakers didn't in that 
you're not really focused on PvP. Yes, Warframe does have a PvP PvP system, but it since it's PvE, you know, taking time to learn things and not being top tier, you know, doing the perfectly optimal strategies, you're not going to be that far behind. You could still, you know, put around to do your own thing. But I'm just a little concerned about Warframe's long-term future if they, you know, bleed off players. Right. Because if they, if they can't bring in new ones, or if they bring in new ones slower than they uh, are losing them, mm-hmm. then I mean, I, mean, I realize I'm, I'm talking about sustainable. I'm talking about uh, bringing new players whenever they're the fourth uh, was pl- or the fourth place on Steam right now. But yeah, you know, it's all about sustaining, not just your top uh, tier. You know, your your peak. Yeah, it's where that plateau ends up. Uh, any questions? Any comments? <laughs> so far, no. Are you awake over nope. there? Do you need to get I more am. coffee? No, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'm already halfway through my cup of coffee. A bathroom break will be in order after the game session oh. section. Oh my! Well, yeah, but, I guess you only borrow coffee. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any questions right now. I still need to play it, but I just didn't get a chance this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Someone was Mr. Turtle yesterday. I was. I needed my turtle time yesterday. My in-laws were here. For those of you who don't haven't paid attention on Twitter or whatever, um, and we spent all weekend working because they were willing to help us do house project and also play with our kid. So Katie and I were like, we have so much shit we can get done this weekend. So we worked all weekend and then hung out with with them and did stuff, which is cool. I like my in-laws, but I was very tired and all socialed out yesterday. So. I mean, Monday nights I usually am pretty chill and just hang out by myself, anyways. But I like I locked my <laughs> I locked myself in the office and brought in drinks and snacks and just sat in here for like six hours yesterday. Wearing nothing but a pair of socks. Indeed, it was great. All right. Well, so. how about uh, something that uh, is completely unrelated to you, Foxyland? <laughs> Uh, this was a game I picked up on Keymailer and I played a little bit of to uh, possibly do a Sunday sampler on, but ended up just recording a little bit of Warframe footage and being lazy. And Foxyland is kind of uh, that middling, middle-of-the-road platformer that, no, it's not bad, but no, it's not good either. It It, it feels like a platformer out of the 1990s for PC. And I mean that as both a compliment and a curse. <laughs> it's very, very stiff on its controls. It, I mean, it just feels ancient, but it still has, you know, that kind of bullshit three star system <laughs> going on that I'm not sure if this is a mobile port. I don't think it is. Actually, I didn't check on that because uh, I'm not seeing. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. It is a mobile port. That does exp- uh, possibly explain a few things <laughs> on how uh, stiff the controls are, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't look into that. Uh, but th- there's a thing going around with uh, indie platformers in general in that, for one, yeah, with Steam Direct opening up the floodgates, there's just a billion of them. And that's not much of an exaggeration at these points, uh, is it? <laughs> I no, mean, how, you're only how everyone every time on co-optional they talk about. There's a hundred games coming out this week. We don't know what to do. 
Yeah. A hundred or more. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, it is a cheap game. It's, uh, in, yeah, both uh, game design sense and monetary sense. It's under three bucks. So, you know, you are getting what you pay for in this case. It doesn't feel that great. But at the same time, it's not terrible. It, that's that's probably the nicest thing I'd say about it is that it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's not terrible. High praise. High praise. Yeah. <laughs> uh trying to think of anything else that really stood out about it. Oh, and it's also feels like it's going to be exceptionally short. I was through I would say a third or more of the levels in 15-20 minutes. So yeah, if you want a game that you're going to blaze through and uh, yeah, feel great about, but not have achievements for it. Oh, actually there are achievements. I forgot about that. Uh, there, uh, According to this, there's 25, uh, sorry, tw- how the hell does this work? Complete uh, level twenty six has higher uh, uh, has a higher percentage chance than uh, complete level twenty five. I guess a level skip, maybe. But yeah, twenty six levels. That's not a lot when they're all beatable in about a minute, minute and a half. Uh, it says complete level twenty five on three stars and level twenty six on three stars. So maybe level twenty six is a little bit easier to get three stars on than twenty five. Uh, maybe. Oh, there's level twenty seven. So it looks like 27 levels. There's not a lot of levels. Let's put it that way. There's a reason why this is a cheap game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you can get through them in like a minute or two apiece. Yeah, and there, and oh, I will say this about uh, Foxy Land is that it has one of the most bullshit knockback uh, inv- uh, vulnerability cycles that I've ever seen in a platformer. Uh, you get knocked back a good third of the screen. And you're invulnerable during the knockback and about a half a second once you regain control. And if you're hit again, you get to repeat the cycle over again. And you're given three hits, but if you don't land on something <laughs> that you could, uh, you know, uh, not take damage on again or land somewhere that you won't take damage on again, you're going to, you know, get hit again. And I ended up, I got hit by a flying dart. It knocked me back into a pit, got hit there, and once I was able to regain control again, I was able to double jump my way out of it, but it was a a close thing, you know? Yeah. It's very much uh, bullshit fun mechanics. Alrighty. Alright, so how about something that isn't bullshit for my third game? Yay, no bullshit. Yeah, well, there are there is bullshit, but it's not as much bullshit. The uh, Blackwell Unbound, the second game of the Blackwell, what is the term for a uh, series that has five games in it? Uh, a series with five, that'd be, no, that <laughs> I don't know, because is a trilogy, four's a quadrilogy, Pentilogy? five, Penta, maybe, anyway, in the Blackwell series, uh, I went back to this actually a couple weeks ago. I got a little over halfway through it and I put it down because I was running out of time for the podcast. Didn't pick it up last week. So I finished it for this week. And I have to say that this is a lot better than the first one in the series. The first one, well, for those who don't know the, or don't recall the Blackwell game uh, that I talked about last time, this is a 
about essentially a paranormal detective who goes around solving uh, the, the how ghosts died to let them pass on to the afterlife. And this one, you're playing as the aunt of the protagonist in the first game. So it's a prequel of the first game. Make uh, yeah, Figure that one out. <laughs> uh, Lauren Blackwell. Which, honestly, I would have expected this to be the first one in the series, you know, just timeline-wise. Or, yeah, it makes a lot more sense timeline-wise, and rework the second one into a better second game of a series. Mostly because the puzzle elements on this one make a lot more sense. The opening puzzle for the first game, you have to uh, walk this dog around a lamppost in order to get the attention of another person. Okay. And it's very obtuse on doing that. On this one, <clears throat> on this one, it's a lot more actual detective work. You know, putting together little pieces of uh, information here and there to figure out where you're going. And yes, it requires a lot more thinking, a lot uh, more, uh, lo- a little bit of trial and error since this is a game and you're not really punished for guessing wrong. But it's a lot more cohesive. That said, they didn't use the profits from the first game to buy a fucking pop filter. So there's still that issue. A lot of audio issues, actually. Uh, especially with the your spirit guide in the game, Joey Malone. He has a very deep voice and a very powerful voice. And they did not audio mix him correctly, so his uh, microphone is constantly peaking. And it garbles and whatever he has to yell. And there's a couple times in the game that he does. It's very, very ear rapey. I think it's the proper term for that. <laughs> okay. And I hope the third game they decide to fix that. Because I've, overall, I've really enjoyed these games. It's just very, very tough to recommend them flat out with all the audio issues. That And it is very old game design. I mean, this one came out and, well, this one came out in 2012, but honestly, it feels like a LucasArts game. You know, that sort of uh, old school point and click. Granted, no real uh, game overs. And and this one, uh, well, I didn't have even talked about the storyline of this one. This one has two independent uh, cases that you have to face uh, that are, that eventually get tied into uh, one final uh, little micro case. I don't want to say too much in case somebody really uh, goes out to play it, uh, but I will say that it is a very good story overall, at least so far. I'm just wondering how how things are going to tie together, because this is a series that I think is going to have an overarching uh, storyline eventually. And that the five games in the series, are, you could almost consider episodes, even though they are larger than modern episodic uh, game lengths. I mean, this one took me, uh, well, according to Steam, about six hours to beat. And I would say probably closer to four or five, to be perfectly honest. Overall, you know, not too bad if they could just fix the fucking audio issues. Oh, and I do have to get major props for the uh, music in the game because it is really good. There's a a couple of sections that are musical based. Uh, Just, I I don't want to give too much more away than that. Very good uh, music uh, there. Just, oh, 
Why can't they buy a fucking pop filter? <laughs> because that's like $8 they don't want to spend on Amazon Rage. Ugh, it's... Why? I, I want to build a time machine just to go back and give them a fucking pop filter at this point. They're there. Well, that It'll and also right. buy a few stocks and that sort of thing. Yeah, like quite a few stocks. And then, um, you know, maybe uh, do a little assassination. Or two, or ten. Quite a few tragedies you could stop with a time machine. Yeah, but then you kind of run into the whole paradox thing. Nah, fuck uh, it. Maybe there's a whole thing about that whole fixed point of time uh, that Doctor Who keeps uh, talking about. You know, yeah, that, that's the reason why they can't go back and uh, kill Hitler. Sure, they could shove him in the closet, but, you know, Hitler supposedly was in the closet anyway. <laughs> Touche. Uh, by the way, you were right uh, with Pentology. Oh, how about that? I was right. So, good job. I looked it up. Okie dokie. Well, now it's my turn to do something than sit here and drink coffee <laughs> and occasionally make a statement to move the conversation along. So oh, I played. You're, so you're getting me to shut the fuck up. Got it. <laughs> so I played two games this week that weren't like ones that I've talked about previously. Uh, the first is Frisky Business. Oh my! Frisky Business is a um, cartoon booby light dating sim. Okay, I have uh, to ask since I did look novel. at this game whenever I saw you were playing it. Uh-huh. Did you run the not uns- uh, the uncensored patch? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> um Well, uh, you know, I had to make sure you were feeling okay. Yeah, I did both just to see how uh titillating it was without it. And I mean, it's So there were you know, tits. Got it. There there are definitely tits. There's a lot of out of proportion tits. In other words, uh, large. tits that look like they got uh, bee stings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, giant watermelons with bee stings on them. Huge tracts of land. But, uh, so yeah, it's, if you just look at it, you go, oh, this looks like a booby visual novel. And you could totally play it that way, but there's actually a, a simple but interesting detective story hidden in this game. So the premise is is that you are uh, Falco Frisk, <clears throat> a I know I know uh, a a private investigator who um, something happened to him and he got kicked off the police force. So you're saying that nice. he's a private dick? <laughs> yes, he is a private dick. Um, but he got kicked off the police force, so now he's putting his investigative skills to use, uh, running a PI firm. You know, I'm not sure if I would trust a policeman named, uh, Frisk. <laughs> they make a couple of really bad jokes in there about his name being Frisk. I would, uh, so, I would have been disappointed otherwise. So there, there are a couple of cases that you take on in the, in this, in the game. Uh, the first one is really, really short. Um, and then the, the other case is the rest of the game. Um, and there's a few different things that you can do. You can treat it just like a booby visual novel game. And then you get to the end and it will kick your ass. 
because you didn't take the game seriously and just tried to see all the tits. Uh, or you can treat it seriously and play it like a real game, and it's got a little investigation in there, and you can do some evidencing and some CSI-type shit, as the game puts it. Um, <laughs> also, not you actual can, uh, science or crime scene investigation, uh, CSI shit. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, one of the things that you can do. It's like, what do you want to do today? And it's like, you can text this person or call that person or go see whoever. And it's like, go to the office and do CSI shit. <laughs> So, but but if you do that, if you do your CSI shit and you treat the case seriously, you can solve the case, um, and not get your ass kicked. So I, it's really short. I played through it, um, twice. Um, the first time it took me an hour. The second time it took me like 30 minutes. I was basically making most of the same choices, uh, cause I, I fucked up and got myself killed. Um, oh, spoiler. Uh, you didn't CSI shit enough then. I didn't do enough CSI shit. So I went back and I basically made all the same, roughly the same choices and just chose to take it more seriously. Um, and I got a different ending. I still didn't solve the case because I, I don't know what I did. I must have fucked something up. But I still didn't solve the case, but I didn't die. So that was good. But, yeah, it's got a number of, of different outcomes. And, like, just looking at the screenshots, I can tell there's some stuff that I missed because there are alternative paths, which I did not take. And all of the achievements are based around banging the girls, except for the of one course. where you solve the solve the case. So there's quite a few different girls that you can bang. There's the three girls that live in like the college house, which is where most of the main case takes place. And then there's like this lady with that has cat ears. Of course. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're actual cat ears or if she's just wearing like a cat ear thing on her head. Headband. Yeah. Then there's a waitress at what was that place called? Melons with a Z. Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's an upstanding family restaurant. Then there's the witch lady from the costume shop. But there's like Wait, several which locations. Haha. <laughs> ha. Um, there's several lo- locations that I didn't even go to. There's also the, the cop, the lady cop. I don't know if you can bang her or not. I don't think so, but I'm not convinced that you can't. And then you have your assistant, who honestly, I want to bang him. Only if she starts he... yelling, stop resisting. <laughs> um, but then you have an assistant, his name's Charlie, and he's like a stereotypical anime type dude. Like, looks like looks more like one visually, and dresses like one, and he's like super smart and awkward around around girls. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can, you can treat uh, him and a couple of other characters that are with you throughout the entire story. There's a few different ways you can treat them, which give you different dialogue and can give you different outcomes on things. Like Charlie is super smart, but socially awkward. And you can be like really nice and supportive and be like, Hey, he's smarter than me. I should ask him for help or encourage him to do good. Or you can be like, sort of like a, just an asshole and make fun of him for being a nerd. Steal his kid. And then he like, and then he like fucks off halfway through and you're like, well, I guess I shouldn't have been so mean to him. That was that was when I died. I was, I was mean <laughs> to him. You know, there, but, uh, the, uh, the visual novel area of Steam, even though, yes, this is a booby game, uh, the booby games, uh, assuming that they haven't gone you know, full titillation, can actually be somewhat decent. And, yeah. and are a good 
kind of gateway drug into the more serious uh, visual novels. Yeah, I think this would be a really good starter visual novel. You could play through it in about an hour. Uh, there are definitely multiple runs and playthroughs. Um, there's some actual gameplay elements to it, so you can get some different stuff out of it, but it's not super in-depth, like, oh my god, I have to remember this character's eight hours worth of backstory to answer this question correctly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not great, but I was honestly just expecting it to be like, haha, this is gonna be like another Sakura game where I can, like, make jokes about it, and it actually turned out to be, like, a half-decent little game. Like, it was a nice surprise. Yeah, I actually did play a little bit of a Sakura game this week. Uh, it's one of the roguelite ones. Didn't care for it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, it's got, it's got a few jump scares that are, like, very easily, like, telegraphed. If you're actually looking at the screen, you're gonna go, oh, they're about to do a jump scare. Which kind of takes away from the, the scariness of it. Um, it's got a scary clown, like, you can see that in the, the screenshots. Like, that's the, the bad guy. So, I didn't uh, like John that because I don't... Yeah. I didn't like that because I don't like clowns, as you all know, but it was, like, very much telegraphing the jump scares. So, I wasn't quite so put off by that. Plus, the boobs helped. Boobs definitely helped. What about the boobs on um, the clown? Unfortunately, the clown doesn't, doesn't have boobs. You'd feel conflicted otherwise, right? I would. I would feel... Oddly afraid and aroused at the same time. I have such a confused the, boner. The art for this game is actually pretty fantastic, particularly the backgrounds. There's a lot of detail in those backgrounds that uh, can give you clues for certain scenes about what's going to happen. Um, I was I was really impressed. the The art style for this game overall is yeah, I'm is good. not sure what I think about the actual character sprites because they are. Very flat, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, for the best part. Uh, I, 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 I like that. Uh, I, I, I'm talking about how they're flat, and then suddenly I'm, I get the screenshot of the blonde and the blue bikini. <laughs> for the best part. <laughs> Click. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's not flat. Definitely not flat. Uh, but uh, you know what I mean? There's, there's a, a fair amount of distinction between them, uh, between, uh, uh, the different parts of the body, but at the same time, it's uh, it feels a little cartoony, which is kind yeah. of the point, I guess. But it doesn't feel like it's the same art style as the background. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, it's different. The backgrounds are certainly better. If you want to take a look at the screenshot of the um, like the clown uh, 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 amusement park yeah, deal, yeah, I was looking at that just now. There's actually several different ones of this background as you play through that the scene and you can see the guy like creeping up behind you in the scenery as the background changes like subtly between scenes mm-hmm. like so there's some pretty i mean it, you can't see it in this one but he shows up like first in the doorway like underneath where it says clown's kingdom and then he shows up in like i don't know what that thing is to the left of clown's kingdom with like the witch thing on top it says clown Something, but whatever. He moves around as the as the scene transitions. So that's uh, just like nice little details like that that you know you would expect out of maybe a higher quality game, but not something that costs you know five bucks on Steam. I mean, that's so. definitely not bad. Yeah. So I I was surprised. I was surprised. 
I've, I've got to beat it. I still have to beat it. Yeah, like I oh, said, I gotta that, win. That, that's probably the big thing is that, yo, the sprites kind of popped out a little much. Uh, from, yeah. Uh, the, it's all, it's like they had two different artists. They might. Um, they're already talking about making a sequel to this game or a, another game like it, so. Especially if they're cheap. Like, this feels kind of like, um. It's, it's in the sweet spot of, uh, pricing, I think. I don't yeah, think it well, would gonna... make a lot more sense if it was a lot higher price. Yeah, I was gonna say this feels a lot like your cheap, you know, your cheap novel, like your sort of trashy romance novel or sci-fi novel or something like that that you pick up like in the bargain bin or in the cheap section on Amazon, and you read it and you're like, "Wow, the person who writes this, if they keep their career going, are are gonna be like huge one day," because it's got a lot of promise, it's got a lot of spit and polish on it, but. You know, it's advertised as, like, this schlocky thing and sold at, like, a really good, cheap price. Well, I'm but glad the developer has gotten off the hole. There's poop in my soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's poop in my soup is, is not good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually surprised it's the same developer. Yeah, I was too. Because I was looking at this and it's like, why does that developer name seem familiar? Oh... Uh, but, but I think uh, I see your next visual novel on the, uh, the Steam page for this. More like this. Uh, coming out on top. Yep. That seems like <laughs> that. That seems like the perfect one for you. It's on my wish list. I'm not seeing it on your wish oh. list. Oh, you're right. It's not. I've seen. Okay. I've seen this before, though. Huh. Add to wish list. It's good. We're good. Alrighty. Next game on my list, uh, Frontline Tactics. Frontline Tactics is a free-to-play, really shitty turn-based strategy game. I have no idea how or where this came from. I definitely didn't buy it. But I have all of the DLC for this game, which is like a bunch of camo packs and a bunch of like premium currency for this, for this game. So, I was, like, I just, I was, like, going through the my games. Like, I've installed this and played it before. Like, I played it when I was on a trip, God, two, three years ago at this point. Maybe you bought it while you were drunk. No. No, I definitely haven't bought it. Because I would have, like, when I sobered up, would have seen that I'd spent $24 on DLC and premium currency for this terrible game and been like, what the hell was I thinking? And then put, uh, put a lock on the liquor cabinet. Yeah. And give Katie the key. But, I mean, it's not... The only thing I can figure is that maybe this game at one point was a paid game or part of a bundle. And I bought that and then, like, the bundle just included, like, all the DLC or whatever. That's all I can figure. Because I have bought a few random bundles here and there uh, to get, like, you know, a kajillion games for a dollar. And I could see this being included in one of those bundles. Because it's not very good. I mean, it's it feels very much like, and it very well may be, I've never looked into this actually, a, uh, a mobile port. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's super free-to-play, filled with microtransactions, takes forever to get enough currency to upgrade your soldiers' weapons and gear and stuff, and the difficulty ramps up pretty quickly to insane levels after the first dozen or so missions. Um... The only part of the game that's any good at all, in my opinion, is the the multiplayer mode, which you can play asynchronous with players, 
when the multiplayer servers are running, it's not using Steam's um, multiplayer stuff. So sometimes they're working and sometimes they're not, which is sad. Uh, looks okay. like this is on Apple iOS. Okay. Yep. Does that it explain a few things? Like, that explains a lot of things. I mean, it's okay if you have like a really shitty potato PC and you want to play a turn-based strategy game. And don't want to I mean, uh, load up Frozen Synapse? Yeah. You don't want to buy Frozen Synapse? Or is Frozen Synapse free? Uh, Frozen Synapse is actually still a $25 game, but you get two okay. copies of it. So. Mm. Yeah, if you don't have a copy of that, you don't want to buy a copy. I mean, this game runs at like 700 FPS on my laptop, so I'm pretty sure you're fine if you've got a PC from like the last decade. So... It's it's just not it's not very good. Your soldiers are locked into one class, which basically limits them to one thing. So it's like, oh, I have a pistol, and the pistols are just shitty. Or I have a knife, and the knife is worse than the pistol. Like basically, your whole squad revolves around protect the sniper, protect the guy with the machine gun. I'm helping. You got a medic. The medic just has a med kit, which is useful, but. If he winds up being the last guy left alive, he might as well just restart because he doesn't have any weapons. Wait, 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 wait. Why would the medic go in without at least a handgun? Your guess is as good as mine, buddy, but he doesn't but have maybe one. Maybe that's too high-tech shit for, uh, you know, an and- or on an Android, an Apple game. Looks like uh, there was a couple of people that went in on uh, Android. Not sure Eventually, why. Eventually, you can unlock a second. Um, They're called class specialties. Which allows you to have, like, equip a gun to your medic, but they take so much time and money the, and the effort medic gets to unlock. a second med kit. <laughs> that would be funny. But in, like, a, a bad way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, eh. If you really don't have anything better, I mean, sure, go for it. It might be pretty good, though, if you're playing it on mobile. I mean, you know. Games just need to be played on the right platform. It it would probably be pretty serviceable as a mobile uh, turn-based strategy game. Yeah, maybe but that's on- uh, the problem is that you're going in this expecting a PC level. Uh, uh, yes, we're getting into the PC Master Race thing. <laughs> and you don't even have your mug to hold up. Uh, but there's a certain expectation going to a game, uh, especially a strategy game, on PC versus uh, going into it on mobile. Yeah. And maybe that's just the problem here is that you're going into it expecting a lot more out of this game than what it really offers. Maybe because it was built with iOS in mind, it was ported to Steam uh, later. I'm not sure on the release dates. I didn't look into that. I just saw, oh, look, there's the Apple logo. Well, that explains a few things. Oh, excuse me. Also, this game is quite old, actually. looks like it was released in 2012, so it's five years old. Maybe that's why the multiplayer servers are only up half the time. You know, the the hamster that runs the servers is getting a little old. You know, it has to take a nap every so often. Every once in a while, one of them dies. (laughs) Yeah, and it falls off the wheel and clogs up the wheels down below it. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's not very good. If you if you're looking for something free to play, or maybe if you have an an iOS device, then go for it. But otherwise, yeah, just play XCOM. It's better. 
uh, XCOM, Frozen Synapse. Uh, uh, should I get the uh, Should I get the list? <laughs> I mean, you could if you really wanted to, I guess, but you don't really need to. I mean, those are the two ones that I could really think of off the top of my head. Uh, an older Civ game. Granted, uh, yeah, we're getting into forex strategy instead of uh, more turn-based strategy. Right. Uh, trying to think of anything else just off the top of my head. That, that's the problem is that there's too many games. Too many games, not enough time. But yep, yeah, those are the games that I played this week. Aside from, you know, World of Warships and Factorio I'm sailing. And... I'm sailing. Yeah, I'm going to have more things to say about World of Warships in a couple of weeks, but I'm really trying to figure out some of the things that they've done before I make a few complaints. Uh-oh. Thankfully, it doesn't have to do with the business model. It just mostly has to do with game balancing issues. And I'm going, what the fuck are you guys doing with this? Well, the fact that I'm right. actually decent with the battleships, yeah, that tells you there's something wrong with the game balancing. Well, it's not even that. They've made some pretty huge changes to the the meta um, because of some of the things that they've introduced, but they've not gone back and fixed the earlier stuff to make it more balanced. So some things are just completely broken and useless at this point. Oh, great. And uh, that's going to be a real problem with World of Warships because it has a linear progression system. Yep. Well, multiple linear progression systems, I should say, because not even countries, uh, just... Ship lines are linear. Yep. Oh, that, that's yep, such yep, a yep. terrible, terrible, terrible leveling system. Also, their matchmaking is broken at tier five. Oh, great. Tier tier two, three, four, peachy. Tier six, fine. Tier five, what the fuck are you thinking? What they keep get, uh, getting uh, tier seven ships? Getting yeah, yeah. I get get put with tier seven ships all the time because I've got. Three tier five ships from the bat, the British and French line, and I get matched with tier seven ships all the time. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, quite the power jump uh, from one tier to the next, let alone two tiers. Yeah, yeah, they need to keep it tiers two and three, four and five, six and seven, eight, and or nine, even just and go ten. tier uh, one and two. Two uh, uh, is matched with one, two, and three. Uh, yeah, the one above it and one below it. Yeah. But see, you do that. Do you think there may be a problem five, with uh, just the population of Tier 5? I don't know. I mean, Tier 5 is one of the highest populated areas because it's like right there. Tier 5 and 6 are right there where you can get lots of, uh, like your earning potential compared to your loss is the greatest. You can quickly train captains to put on other ships or... You know, it's like that's the sweet spot for gameplay. And then you start really getting into the meta when you get to like tier seven and eight. And then below so that, do you everyone's... think they may be uh, swapping it around to try to uh, prop up the other tiers? Maybe. Maybe. But it's horribly unbalanced if you happen to be the tier five in there. Because, I mean, you're just fucked. Well, see that, encur- see, that encourages you to buy more doubloons to be able to convert your free uh, XP into the free XP pool to be able to bypass it. See? Perfect. Yeah, I got a shitload of free XP without having to spend any of my doubloons. I got a, an X, one of the, I got an XP crate, 
and then one of the missions that I I did gave me a good chunk of free XP. I got like 60,000 free XP yesterday when I was playing. Wow. So I skipped uh, a whole tier for the British cruisers cuz I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like the British cruiser. They don't have high explosive shells and I don't know why. Uh too busy uh, it, it requires too much room. It, they rather have that extra curry of tea. I guess. No, no, that's where all the crumpets are. The British cruisers so far have all been basically big destroyers. They get a little bit of an HP boost to bring them closer in line with other cruisers, but they have paper armor. And because they're cruisers, they don't get the no, 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 no citadels. No, no. They have teabag armor. Teabag armor. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. I don't like them. They're terrible. You can't fire high explosive either, and they have five inch guns, so you can't you can't shoot through the armor of anything except destroyers. But because they're armor piercing rounds, they go completely through the dest- they're useless. And the torpedoes range is too short. I don't understand the British cruisers. British battleships are amazing. They're like the new king of battleships at lower tiers. But the their cruisers are awful. That's all we so, got to yeah. say about that. <laughs> Looky there, I wound up talking about World of Warships <laughs> for a few minutes anyways. You want me to talk about Factorio too? Same old, same old. There. So, moving swiftly along. Uh, easy there, yep. Trump. Moving swiftly along to the elevator, because I've downed all of this coffee and some water. So, I need a quick break. We're back and moving on to our first news topic of the day. NeoGAF's CEO is accused of sexual assault. Well, their owner, not uh, it may be uh, different. Uh, so, just want to be perfectly clear on that one. Oh, I said well when I said CEO earlier. You said yeah. Uh, well, why do you listen to me? I don't know. That's a good question. Why do I listen to you? Oh, this has been a, just a real clusterfuck of an article, to be perfectly honest. Well, I should say news story, because NewGAF actually shut down for ages. <laughs> for, what, what was it, two or three days? Uh, following this, and before that, uh, all their mod team was heavily trying to suppress this uh, story on their uh, forums. Well, I guess we should say what NewGAF actually is first, shouldn't we? Mm, that's probably a good idea. Huh, how about that? Having a good idea for once. YouGAF is essentially one of the leading message boards in the gaming industry, where there's a lot of uh, both industry insiders and fans coming together to talk about video games. And they've been pushing a lot heavier on, I guess I should say, the liberal side of political arguments. I think that's a fair way to say it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, to the sort of the extreme uh, end of uh, things. And I, I have to say, I, a lot of what I'm going to say is not me personally uh, visiting there because I avoided Neocaf because of some of the horror stories of just people being outright banned for 
not even being dicks, but just, you know, having minor disagreements or not falling into the echo chamber, I guess would be the proper way to describe Neogaf's views of things. So to see this come out is not surprising, but at the same time, you know, can we go with the ironic? Uh, yeah, I think so, since they do seem to have a much more liberal agenda, social justice warrior presentation. If not not full-blown SJW, close to it. Yeah, so... I think irony fits. Yeah, I really should say that SJWs, that's something that we're probably going to have to talk about before too long as a general topic, because they're an extreme for a lot of things that I kind of agree with, but damn, did they go too far? Yeah. I I never really went to NeoGAF all that Uh, much. Me either. This is more... Uh, looking outside at the dumpster fire, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. This is, I mean, not, well, I was going to say not to get too far away from gaming, but we do that all the time. It just feels like whenever these sorts of things happen, they come in like big groups. Because mm-hmm. there was the whole Weinstein deal, and they're back on it again with Trump's sexual assaults and... Now here we are with this one, and there's probably some others that I don't know about. Yeah, or I think have I think it uh, actually does come in waves. Just that, you know, people that have these uh, grievances, uh, true or not, I have no idea. I'm not uh, saying that this is false. I'm not saying this is true. I honestly don't know. But there's been allegations in the past with this guy as well, <laughs> so that's been suppressed by a lot of the more liberal side of the gaming culture. You know, Polygon. <clears throat> Sorry. Had a little bit of something <laughs> in my throat there. But uh, it's just a real, really slimy thing overall. And uh, the reason why we see this in waves really is, you know, uh, seeing people feel more empowered to uh, call out well, things that happen to them because they aren't alone in it. You know, they see themselves as not alone whenever they see stuff about Weinstein, for example, or, uh, you know, uh, seeing people stand up against Trump, uh, to use the two yeah. examples that you said. So, you know, it's not an isolated thing that this is happening at the same time as those, uh, you know, complete dumpster fires as well. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But they're handling this not all that well. <laughs> I mean, perfectly honestly. No. What did... That was the the owner who made that forum post, right? Or that statement? Or was that uh, one of the, the mods? Uh, no, that is the owner. Uh, the, okay. Well, they're obfuscating the mods uh, behind a mod bot. That's one of the things. And there's a lot of uh, accusations of the mod suppressing uh, accusations against the owner. So, you know, the fact that they're kind of, uh, you know, just hiding themselves behind, you know, don't uh, pay attention to the man behind the curtain is a little damning. Granted, a lot of their mods did up and leave, but who knows how many are back because they're hiding behind the mod bot now. Yeah. It seems a lot of the replies to this statement as well are very positive. Like, yeah, 
basically, hey, NeoGAF's going to be back to the way it was before. That's great. But I don't, I mean, I suppose the site could survive. I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's like a really strong corner of the internet that I don't realize that like loves NeoGAF. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that go there. Like, yeah, I guess, uh, we should. Sure, site's fans, but. Well, uh, the accusation, or at least the one that, uh, was kind of the tipping point, because like I said, there's been other accusations against him before, is that he made advances in the point of, at least according to the uh, woman that uh, is making it, that he got into a, a shower with her naked <laughs> while uh, they were. Uh, where did they say it was? Uh, I think it's in the article, but it's just, you know, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, naked showers with with your partner are great. Naked showers with people who are not your partner when you have not received permission to do them. Not so good. Yeah. Oh, just what the hell is going on? <laughs> uh, let's, uh, should we read the, uh, the state of NeoGAF and, uh, respond to it? Uh, sure. Let me go back to that one. Yeah, this is actually a fairly long post and it'll be nice filler. Because there's not a, a lot to talk about here outside of the general atmosphere of NeoGAF and uh, kind of how they've turned themselves. Uh, it's one of those things that they've turned themselves into an us versus them uh, with uh, themselves uh, feeling like they're on the right side of things all the time. And I think that may be why there's this entire... A uh, thread of just, uh, yeah, woohoo, we're, uh, uh, guys back online. Yeah. Let me. It'd be great if you dive deeper into this thread, you, uh, uh, start seeing, you know, people starting to, uh, not be all that happy or, uh, yeah, seeing, uh, them pointing out, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, so do you want me to yeah, to read yeah, it? Well, or do you yeah, want to read a bit of it and I'll take over? Okay, it says hi, an allegation of sexual hi. 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 An allegation of sexual misconduct has been made against me by an ex. It's not true. The individual making this accusation is incredible. The story doesn't reconcile logically with the flat with the facts, and there's plenty of evidence and witnesses to corroborate that. It will be a process. All allegations of nature are serious, of course. I first got word of it on Wednesday when a screenshot of a Facebook post was handed to Vote, V-O-A-T. Yeah, that's essentially a uh, alternate uh, uh, Reddit. I immediately talked with my mod team about the content of the screenshot and clarified that it was baseless and explained some of the details concerning my former association with her and tried to ensure any concerns from the team were addressed fully and transparently to everyone's satisfaction. On Thursday, I heard that she had deleted the accusation from Facebook and wasn't entirely sure how to proceed from there or how this would play out in the public space at that point. Then, Friday morning, the screenshot made its way to NeoGAF and chaos ensued. I was in the process of writing a statement that entire day to address formally a, to... How, what? He just... This is, is just wrote poorly. I was in the process of writing a statement the entire day to formally address the allegation... But the community had erupted in a flash that morning. While the moderation team was trying to restore the peace, accusations and threats concerning the screenshot started shifting 
to them as well as by association with me. And I was asked by my team to do something to fix things and get the heat off of all of them at least. I was beyond exhausted by that point, though stretched too thin at the time since the posts had first appeared. And seeing unprecedented events unfold on NeoGAF, I was slow and weak. I failed to handle it quickly enough and let the team down before I could finish a statement and get it out there. Understandably, some mods hit their emotional limit, expressed concerns about the community coming after them, and decided to leave. A few people resigned, and many more quickly followed for similar reasons, citing stress and harassment. The site started breaking under load spikes, leading to the first resignations too, and then flatlined altogether, so issuing a statement at the time on NeoGAF itself became impossible. For the time being, and my intentions shifted towards the moderation team's future. Okay, so uh, he said that he was working on a statement, but there's more than just NeoGAF to get a statement out there. I mean, per- to be perfectly honest, there's such a thing uh, called Twitter. Also, I don't understand why it would take so long. Like, the initial statement should be, if, if he's claiming it's false, the initial statement should be, mm-hmm. these allegations are false. At this time, I'm preparing a larger statement to explain how or why they are false. Um, please stand by for that. Otherwise, everyone else, I don't know, calm down or something. Yeah. Like, cool just your make, a really short, make a really short statement saying, this is false. I am preparing a, a more thorough statement to explain why, which will be released at a later time. But for now, it's it's not true. Which, uh, this kind of gels with uh, a lot of the accusations I've heard in the past that he'll just rely on the mod team to really suppress things and, you know, just let things cool down and just ban anyone that disconsents. And it looks like it didn't work that time. Yeah, this was something big enough that turned the majority of, if not the entirety of, the community onto the mod team and, and himself. Okay, so... I, uh, Anything else, or should we continue on with me reading? No, continue. Since that whole mess, lasting through Monday morning through Saturday, before we formally went off uh, line for maintenance and repair and restructure, we've just been trying to figure out the best course of action for NeoCAF going forward. As all the stories begin being published by various outlets, I issued some comments to the press since everything coming out was proving to be sensationalized, opportunistic, and unprofessional. Fuck you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, since we're being unprofessional, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, really? I, I've read some of these uh, articles. How uh, Boogie talking about uh, his time at NeoGAF. That's not unprofessional. I mean, have you... you uh, really? It just sounds like he's uh, mudslinging to try to take a lot of heat off himself, you know? Yeah. Uh, We've all become increasingly stressed and weary this year in ways even I'm not accustomed to by now. Oh, you poor, poor thing. I mean, I can kind of sympathize with that statement, because yeah, I think I know what yeah, he's yeah, talking he, about. Uh, but yeah, Well, considering NeoGAF's uh, political leaning, I definitely understand it. Uh, but really, <laughs> uh, in discussions yeah. on heated news, political issues, and social issues on off-topic side of such, uh, oh, sorry, on the off-topic side of the site, has become such areas that no one is willing to moderate in the open for fear of backlash or general exposure to the inevitable toxicity. I've gone in there myself to take such a heat 
since it's very much my responsibility to do so before anyone else's, but there's a, but there's very little headway, mostly just more anger and resentment and a lot of bands. Well, well, you could say that again, (laughs) if anything I've seen is true. I don't think I've, this is necessarily reflects on our community, more the tone of the entire internet this year with regards to heated issues. Uh, fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, any response to that? Um, it, it seems like he's trying to make it a lot about himself here, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I don't have any major response to that. I just kind of was shaking my head while you were reading. So just like, oh, we can't see that. Just like, I guess my response is just like, dude, just not necessarily get over, but find a way to deal with it. Build a bridge and get the fuck over it. <laughs> that's all going to, uh, that's all going to inform the way forward for Neogaf as we refocus on what the main goals are supposed to be for the site. The mod team will uh, talk about more specifics on what's on that will entail before below. One last thing, the NeoGAF mod team is here for this community, all of you. Oh, except the ones we disagree with. Oh, sorry. I'm in a Torah's leg again, aren't I? Uh, you have no obligations to respect me or believe me, or believe anything I say about my social... Uh, um, speak well, it doesn't help that this is a little bit... You know, it needs an editing uh, pass, doesn't it? Yeah, there's he's, there's several mistakes in here that I I'm just a little bit better at reading over than you are. Although it caught me out a couple of times. You have no obligations to respect me or believe anything I say about my personal life one way or another. But if you're going to be here and participate in NeoGAF, respect the bot team by following the rules and behaving. The team is di- is diminished at the moment and the folks who stuck around care very much about the community and its future. Be considerate of them. That's non-negotiable. Thanks! You said that a little peppy. There's no exclamation mark. I think it would just be, thanks. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, it does seem like he makes it very much about himself, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. What a mess that is, huh? Yep, I don't. I mean, I don't expect NeoGaf to disappear after this, but well, well, the, I'm well, not the sure thing I is expect them to carry th- th- on. There's either. a there's a certain tendency once you get past a certain point on uh, the political spectrum on either side. This isn't uh, you know, just on the uh, more liberal side of things that they are very easy to turn on themselves, and I think yeah. that's what happened here, at least partly. Yeah. Ugh. Caused the disintegration of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all, all comes down really to, uh, well, how much they're willing to forgive and forget, because that, that's really the big thing. And also, just how much they could kind of uh, control this in the future. You know, uh, prevent uh, this from coming up in the first place. Because they are trying to refocus so that there's not as much off-topic discussion. Which, you know, isn't such a bad thing, uh, at least at uh, the uh, base of it, but for the reason why they're doing it, you know, uh, just trying to suppress and control. Yeah, I, I stay away from NeoGAF. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm uh, going to start going to NeoGAF anytime soon. Haven't in the past, probably won't in the future. Right, well, thanks. <laughs> yep, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Okie dokie. Yeah, and remember, well, that took up three days to uh, write that statement. Yep. I mean, that's a statement that, three whole that, days. That's a statement that looks like it was banged down in about 15 minutes. Yeah, five even. Well, with all the grammatical issues and spelling errors, and I am not good at grammar. I am poor at sentence structure, particularly uh, yeah, when it's and written. that's uh, poor p o u r. <laughs> but there are many, many errors in there that I would have noticed. Yeah, there's some uh, just things that kind of trip me up, mostly the words. Yep. Okie dokie. Well. Are you ready yeah, to move how, on to our other website having issues? Yeah, how about the topic? other side of the political coin? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the escapist fires most of its paid staff, save for Yahtzee. Why are you trying to save Yahtzee? He still has a job. That's true. That is true. Yeah, they're going volunteer basis, which, good luck. You're, you'll yeah. need it. The escapist is a site that, well, both of us used to go to. Yeah. Um, I but I don't anymore. Some of my favorite what are now YouTubers and things came from the escapists, yeah. like Jim Sterling, um, Movie Bob. Although Movie Bob is a lot less relevant, he just never got as big as the other ones. Plus, he has a tendency. Uh, well, to he was kind of get... heavy. <laughs> he still is. Plus, he has a tendency for to get in trouble for being a bit dumbass, overly li- liberal, a bit overly stupid with his liberalism. Uh, pushing I mean, sometimes he makes some SJW. good points. Yeah, he puts his foot in his mouth a lot, I guess is the best way to to describe how how Movie Bob can be. Oh, so that's how he got so fat. He, uh, he ate himself. But uh, uh, he does have some good points every now and then, and I do like his style of film review. But Yeah, uh, The Escapist has really suffered a well, I shouldn't say a lot, totally from Talent Train. And that's a lot due to just issues with payment. And I don't think that they had voluntary issues. They just, you know, uh, they, they pulled the uh, Trump uh, side of things of not wanting to pay. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard several creators who have spoken out against that, actually. Jim Sterling on, at one point on uh, Podquisition, talked about his time when he worked for both Destructoid and The Escapist and how that, you know, he liked the people there, but the site itself and the management was. No, not good. Um, and I think it was Conrad Zimmerman. I think he used to do some stuff for the escapists too. And he left because the same reason, like they weren't paying him Uh, extra credits left for that exact same reason. Yep. Extra credits is another big one that I really like and used to watch on the escapists. Uh, Going back to listen to him now, uh, because I've, uh, not watched him in ages that, uh, how they do the auto-tune on his voice is a little grating. Yeah. I kind of like it. I don't know. Um, I, I'm subscribed to their YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm so. not sure if I still am or not. It's just, uh, they have a lot of good points. It's just, uh, after not listening to it for a while, I go back and listen to it. It's like, oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, did anybody else come from the escapists that we're familiar with? Oh, uh, they had a lot of web artists for a while, uh, doing uh, different web comics. Hell, if you go to the escapist, which if you do, that's actually probably the first time that they've had traffic in a while. Uh, they used to have a pretty full lineup of both video and, uh, uh, text content. And now their weekly content schedule is, uh, all Yahtzee all the time. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much it is. Because he runs their uh their Twitch stream as well. Yeah. I uh, I back in the day I submitted a few articles and game reviews to the Escapist trying to pick up some freelance work. Yeah, I never but I never uh, had anything get through. Yeah, I never uh attempted it. I considered it at one point, but just figured, yeah, no. And uh, it seems like, you know, didn't really miss that much there. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, the Escapist really went uh, sort of the opposite way that DeoGaf did, which it's kind of funny that both of these sites are having trouble on the same week. Because Escapist really kept themselves open to the Gamergate discussion, which is kind of where it pushed DeoGaf further to the left. It pushed the Escapist further to the right of the political spectrum. Because they were able to have that open discussion, it attracted uh, pretty much everyone, and the people that stuck around were on the more right-leaning side of things, because they didn't really have anywhere else to go. I think that's a fair thing to say, right? Especially with how the internet yeah. is right now. Yeah. Fair assessment. And uh, uh, they just had issues paying their, their content creators to the point where Let's see, their news feed is all satire stuff. Which, honestly, well, let's put it this way. Click video games at the top. Their last articles is talking about the upcoming Hearthstone expansion. Which came out, what, last month? This uh, this article is dated May 16th. Oh. So it's not even the expansion you're thinking of. So, so this is the last expansion. Yeah, this is on Goro Crater, the uh, Lich King. So, yeah, that tells you how long they've been having issues. And they used to have some pretty decent articles. And they just suffered the uh, uh, that you know, talent drain where they just didn't want to pay their uh, content creators. That And they also had kind of the tendency to really kick anyone that was kind of descending after a while. And that's when I stopped uh, frequenting the forums. Granted, I didn't really post all that much. It's just I was seeing, well, why did that guy get banned for that? Uh, got one too many times. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't post a lot either. And I hadn't for several years, even when I submitted articles for them. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a shame to see a new sites go down, but. That a lot of this is their own fault, personally, uh, in my opinion. They also were trying yeah. to bank on video content, but not want to do YouTube. And so they relied on their own video player, which honestly never their own video player was never garbage. Uh, there was times that it thought I was running a, an ad blocker and would refuse to uh, run, even though I turned it off uh, for the site. And then they tried to push uh, a, a premium service and would uh, heavily push it if you had ad blocker off. So I turned it back on because I wasn't able to watch the damn videos anyway, right? Yeah. 
get the same annoying ad a thousand times. But that's pretty much anywhere on the internet these days. I can't tell you how many times, uh, just watching Twitch every so often, I see the same damn ad. Yeah, why is it uh, people think that uh, e- uh, esports uh, athletes uh, work out before their uh, tournaments? I mean, I realize the term athlete and working out makes sense, but they don't work out like that. Right. No, they don't. Um, I, I want the escapist to survive, I think, but I'm not sure if that's, it's probably just like the brief amount of attachment that I have for it. Yeah, I guess we should uh, read this one uh, since we read the last one. To the escapist community, as many of you have noticed by now, there's been not much of a staff interaction over the last few months. It's with regret to, uh, that, to our knowledge, that most of the paid staff has been relieved of their duties. It sounds like he doesn't even know, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. This is, uh, I believe, one of the community managers. With the apparent exception of Yahtzee. Yeah, with the apparent exception of Yahtzee. <laughs> Maybe Yahtzee's just working for free and he really likes doing this. <laughs> Maybe he gets all the YouTube ad revenue. <laughs> that, that would explain a few things. <laughs> Uh, the Escapist's uh, streaming staff, the Incan, uh, for a few uh, uh, concentrated months, uh, uh, hours a month, uh, we won't be around the bush. This is a serious situation. We can't promise that the Escapist will last forever. It may have, uh, have years left in it. It may disappear tomorrow. What we can say is that we'll do our utmost to keep the site running in orderly fashion for as long as it stays online. That said, nearly everything that it does will be it's through volunteer efforts. With this sad news, though, there comes an opportunity. The mod- the moderation team has uh, granted a number of powers to keep the site running. The community-run escapist will be looking for your input on how the site operates and for volunteers in creating content. We may even look for into adjusting the code of contact, or the code of conduct, if that's possible, with the tools we've been given. Together, we can breathe life again into the site. One article at a time. It sounds like he doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. I also don't know if it's a good idea to give a bunch of random people, like, extra power. I'm gonna go with no. Ugh. Yeah. A quick note, the old appeal system cannot be accessed with uh, for technical reasons. <laughs> Uh, but new appeals can be directed uh, towards uh, an escapist Gmail account, <laughs> uh, where uh, uh, they'll be dealt with an, an independent mo- moderator who did not give the original infra- uh, give the ban for the original infraction. This moderator will conduct uh, the appealing party, uh, sorry, well, contact the appealing party to ask for their argument as to why they feel like it was not a breach of the rules as well as the liaison moderator responsible for the infraction, to ask them to explain the reasons before reaching a final... uh, I mean, this is all just going into trying to bring people back, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Yeah, it it sounds like they're more clueless than we are, to be perfect... uh, Yeah, about what is going on. And that's not boding too well. Who owns the escapist, anyway? I don't know. That's a good question. Are you looking that up? Yeah. 
The Escapist magazine is owned by Defy Media. And let's see. They own Shmoosh, uh, Shut Up Cartoons, Clever Media, Shmoosh Games, Teen.com. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, these are a lot of sites I've either never heard of or never wanted to go to. Oh, they own Break.com. Uh, Oh, and they own the Holy Taco. That's why they have all the taco news, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm honestly expecting either to hear about the escape of shutting down or uh, being bought out by someone else at this point. Because uh, running on volunteer uh, content, yes, it can work, but it needs to be set up for it. And it sounds like whoever this person is, because I don't know JoJo. Jojo. And it looks like this is his first post. His first post, and I'm going to see oh, if there's a creation date for this account. Uh, he's been a member since two, uh, 2010, so yeah. yeah I, I'm not expecting uh, the site to stick around. Me either. So. Yeah. yeah. Very positive outlook from the two of us. I'm going to go with Realist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and two sides of the uh, the opposite sides of the political coin. There's a certain balance in nature. Yeah. About <laughs> that. Hmm. Okay. Ready to move on? I think so. Okie dokie. Our next news article, uh, Wolfenstein 2 doesn't have multiplayer because it would dilute the storytelling. Yeah, a bold statement. Indeed. One I agree with in many cases. Especially given our current uh, general development environment. What, you don't want to have your story given out to you in loot boxes? No, I do not. I want my story given out to me either just in chunks as I make progress or in little bits as I make progress. Okay, here you loot boxing. Yay. <laughs> oh, I just had a terrible thought and I'm going to share it. Next Elder Scrolls game, all the quests are given to you via loot box. That sounds terrible. Um, anyways. <laughs> I'm su- I've uh, successfully depressed you now. Indeed. Yeah, this is mostly... Uh, I'm not running out ad blocker on uh, this. At least I don't think. Maybe I am. Hell if I know. I'm, I'm running Firefox right now. I haven't messed with Firefox in ages. Uh, this is mostly going into them wanting to spend more time on the single player story. And I have absolutely no problem with that. Uh, Tomb Raider has had a severe problem of focusing a lot of development time on their multiplayer side of things. And uh, really not f- feeling like they fully developed the game to the point where they could say that it's a Tomb Raider game. And we've seen that same thing happening time and time again. Hell, uh, look at the Mass Effect series. It's focused so much on multiplayer now, right? Yeah, the it's like Horde-based multiplayer. Although even in Andromeda, it's very much something that you don't have to do. Yeah, but that's um, still a 
yeah, a focus of the development team and a focus of balancing. Yeah. No, that's fair. And I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering if we're going to see single player uh, only stories slowly die off as multiplayer is the bigger cash cow. It's the more long-term cash cow. I don't think so. Maybe among uh, certain AAA developers. AAA. <laughs> but AAA. But the developers in the AA and the indie scene, I feel like those are still thriving the, the fact markets that you did, for did that on the AA. Did I really do yeah. it? Oh, okay. But um I lost you derailed me. I lost my train of thought. You're welcome. Um Whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, as it goes from the double A to the, uh, to the single A indie side of things, the, I think indie uh, games will be more, or have more of a focus on single player stories, but mostly because an indie game running multiplayer only or a multiplayer focus is mostly a death sentence for that game. Yeah. Cause I mean, they just don't have the marketing budget and the way to get it out there. So the game, goes up and maybe if they're lucky they get a very small player base like enough to sustain it for a get while get things going yeah but then once they move on it goes back to zilch yeah i've got so many multiplayer only indie games in my library that are either dead or you know on life support that it is just sad to go through my library <laughs> There's several that I would love to go back and play again. It's just there's not either the matchmaking's uh, been taken offline completely, and there's no land mode, so it can't even get around that. Or you know, just other services that it used, like oh, uh, indie games that are multiplayer only. I I think it's just such a trap that many many developers fall into. And it, yeah, and, and as. Do- as the double A AA and triple A areas, well, the rare double A focuses more on a multiplayer experience or games as service experience, which is, you know, an even more damning term. Yeah. 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 That was, um, last week we talked about the Bistral being shut down and they were putting this, the Star Wars game that they were working on the single player one on indefinite hold. Yeah. For to just I rework just... it. I mean, essentially, they want it to be. Yeah, whatever they could get the most money out of. And yes, yes, I realize these are these are businesses. They have to make money. They're not in it for the art, or at least the major, major developers, the major publishers. But you still have to try to appease a customer base. And right, and outside of the wheels, do people really? feel that positively about loot boxes, feel that positively about just having DLC after DLC after DLC. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, people seem to handle DLCs okay. I mean, there was a lot of controversy when they first became a thing which like is, a decade Which or is so why ago, but... loot boxes scare the hell out of me. Yeah, but loot boxes have received a kind of pushback that I don't think I've seen in any other of these developments. Whenever they happen, like when loot boxes first were introduced, um, there was a some pushback, but this has just been overwhelming. Especially as it goes into the more the uh, as 
single player side of things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, back to you know, like well, on single topic? player games do make single player games do make money, and I mean, a Star Wars single player game would make a shit ton of money, but it won't make all of the money mm-hmm. in their eyes. So they're sacrificing less, but still profits for a short term gain. That's probably unless something you know, government intervention at this point yeah. or something you know then in the end it's going to be more of a long-term loss for companies focus focusing on this stuff yeah they they view it as if they make it single player only with you know just story dlc no loot boxes no cosmetic uh, dlc they view it as money left on the table right and it makes no sense to them to leave something behind because yeah they need to make a profit Especially as game development just pushes higher and higher budgets with higher and higher and more absurd marketing campaigns. They have to make a lot more money back in order to fund it all. I'm really expecting the bubble to burst at some point, and it's going to be nasty. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, I think we're going to see probably in the next year, unless something changes, most likely government intervention but i think we're gonna see mm, crash might be too strong of a thing but yeah the bubble will burst and i think we're gonna see some of the triple a industry and even some other like indie and double a games that are using bad practices we're gonna see a lot of them drop off because that business model will become unsustainable i'm not sure if i'm gonna and that might even happen with government regulation i'm not sure if i'm willing to say within a year that seems like it's a little quick on the time frame it really depends on just how absurd next year's major releases are yeah that's going to be the uh, main defining point how bad uh, the spring releases are and how bad the fall releases are if uh, they yep. if they continue their course then i would say 2 years if not then yeah, maybe we could plateau and avoid a burst, but uh, I, I'm being optimistic. Yeah, well, I, I've seen in this last week, and I mean, I don't know anything about, or very little about sports games, but uh, what was it, the, the one that has loot boxes, 2K18, NBA 2K18? Uh, that that, that has a bunch of virtual currency that you have to buy into to be able to do literally anything, or just yeah. grind. So there's been quite a bit of backlash from fans of the game this past week because of that, and they've uh, stopped buying it and have bought a different basketball game, which is supposed to be inferior, but it doesn't have any of that stuff in it. So, Well, well, here's part of the problem is that some of these franchises are monopolized. If you want a Star Wars game... Good fucking luck getting anything but EA because you are not getting it. Period. They have exclusivity for how long? Several years still? Yeah, although Star Wars, well, Disney seems to be handing out the Star Wars license to a, an extra developer here or there that's not Yeah, EA. but I'm not talking about you know, your Lego Star Wars or stuff like that. I'm talking about main story, uh, hell, even canon, because was it the uh, visceral... Uh, Game's supposed to be a canon story as well? Yeah, I think so. So, on top of that, you're losing a canon story. 
which, yeah, the Star Wars canon, it, uh, once again, I'm looking at this as an outsider looking in, has been pretty much gutted and there's, they're rebuilding. Okay. Uh, didn't they uh, wipe hmm. out the entire Legends and only kept bits and pieces? So, yeah, there, uh, any canon story right now is uh, just a, a complete restructure. Yeah, they wiped out everything from old canon except for the movies. The Clone Wars um, animated series, and there was one other thing they kept as canon, and everything else got kicked out as legends. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that, why don't they just redo Knights of the Old Republic as an HD re-release in the meantime while they rework this? I'm not sure if I wanted them to touch uh, Knights of the Old Republic at this point. (laughs) Can you imagine a modern redo of that? Yeah, no. Um, although it's now backwards compatible on Xbox One, so if you happen to have your old KOTOR disc and an Xbox One, there you go. I downloaded it to my phone the other day to play the mobile port. I own it. Yeah, I think I have it through uh, Amazon when they were still doing the free stuff. Yep, that's where I got my, my copy from as well. Never really played it though. Uh, yeah, not on not on mobile. Well, I've only played, I would say, less than a third of the way through. It's not that it's tough; it's just a little hard to get into if you're not a huge Star Wars fan. And I, yeah. I like Star Wars, but I'm not sure if I could call myself a fan. Right. I'm um, I'm a big Star Wars guy, as we have learned throughout various uh, various recordings. Yeah, we're way off topic from Wolfenstein. <laughs> we are. We are. I'm just, I'm mostly just glad to see another, or a game that's like, hey, fuck all that shit. We're just going to be single player. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. And I'm going to support Wolfenstein. And as long as, I mean, obviously I'm going to wait for reviews to come out. And as long as the game isn't a big turd, which based on like what I've heard from people who've played early versions of the game say it's yeah, not. Yeah, a little side note. It seems like Bethesda's actually sending out early review copies again. It looks like they learned their fucking lesson. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not Maybe. willing to say that they have yet, but there is perhaps a, a chance that they have. Yeah, if only they could learn lesson on other things. That's that's yeah. why I'm hesitant to even consider Wolfenstein is because it's attached to Bethesda. Yeah. Okay, dokie. Are we, uh, we went way off in left field, so are we ready to move on? I think on? so. Okie dokie. Um, over three times as many video game projects fail than succeed on Kickstarter. Yeah, this is an interesting little topic I found on gameindustry.biz. Talking about Kickstarter and, well, uh, the projects that fail. And there's some notable <laughs> projects that's failed. How the, Yogg's cast teams uh, is probably the most famous of them. Oh, but where do we even start with this? I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting little little article, but I don't know how much we can really say about it. I I think it's interesting that board games are doing much better than video games. Um, but I I think well, that I think, bo- it I think comes board games to are just with- a lot easier to do. I was going to say, I think it comes down to the scope of the project. Um, board games are much simpler to create. And from a term, like, not to say that, like, creating board games is, like, easy or whatever, but just, like, 
you design the look, you come up with the rules and your theme, and then you just get it produced. When it comes to making a video game, you have to do coding and art, uh, creating art assets and more coding and bug fixing. And you don't have to do a lot of those things with board games. So, well, this is also talking that has something not, to do with not it. just, uh, yeah, critical reviews, but also just how many are getting funded compared to not. Yeah, but uh, well, for I video games, have... I think uh, the big factor of this is video games are fucking expensive to the point that even developers way, way, way underestimate the amount that it costs to make a video game, even a crappy little mobile game, unless you're buying literally all your assets and just throwing it together, which at that point you get what you pay for. Right. And... There's another factor in this is that they rely, I think, uh, too much on the culture of stretch goals, where they set their initial milestone low to try to get as many people in as possible, because there's a certain bandwagon effect on Kickstarter that I've noticed, where I won't uh, uh, get on this because it's only barely going to make it... uh, Goal. It's not going to hit on any of the stretch goals. It's not going to hit any of the cool content. So why bother? I've seen that a fair okay. amount. And I think that that may be a contributing factor to why not many Kickstarters either get funded uh, on the video guys, video game side of things is that they set their goal too high and don't get that bandwagon effect. They don't get the press because a lot of sites have actually cut down on the amount of, that they've covered Kickstarter in the last couple of years. And also, the ones that do meet their goals, that set it low enough, they may fail because they set it too low and were expecting more people to jump on and run out of money and either just shove out the project or delay, delay, delay and have body number nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I mean, when we were talking about this before the show, we were like, we don't know how much we have to say. I think that we've, like, covered everything. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an interesting little discussion to have, and it's neat to look at, but, yeah, there's not a ton there. Kind of what you see is what you get with this one. Well, I think there, that's also maybe another contributing factor is that sometimes things that look cool don't uh, turn out too well. And I would say, uh, yeah, use this as a segue to talk about the Ouya, but that didn't look cool. I wanted a new yeah. I never bought one because I realized that they were mostly garbage, but I wanted one. It just seemed uh, kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah, I almost bought one. They were on sale for like 30 bucks at Target one time. Okay, that, that may have been something. worth it. I almost bought it, but at the time I didn't have any money. I was poor. Well, not that I'm not poor now, but I was poorer. P-O-U-R. I have some spending money now. <laughs> then I didn't have any, so it's like, well, I want this, but I don't have any money to buy it, so I guess I'll just move on. And the next time I went by, it was gone. Spooky, disappearing. <laughs> uh, the the disappearing console that uh, nobody asked for, nobody wanted. Ooh, the ghost of Kickstarter passed. <laughs> <laughs> now let's just get Patrick Stewart in here and put him in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you just want Patrick Stewart in there with a the bathrobe. Maybe. What of it? 
<laughs> I would have thought you would have been more of an Ian McGregor guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care, all right? I don't care. I'll take them all. Oh, my. All right. Moving on, then. Uh, Destiny's 2 population tracker is gone. Because it was used to, in quotes, spread false narrative. Spread a false narrative. Yeah, which is kind of bullshit. (laughs) Based on everything I've been able to find. Okay, so first of all, this is not Bungie's own tools. This is a third-party API that was looking at the player numbers. I'm not sure how they're doing it. But, yeah, they were showing some player drops. And to the point where... There were some articles being published about just how console players were dropping Destiny. And uh, this combined with reports that Destiny 2 doesn't have a lot of content on launch, which no idea if that's true or not, but it's technically an MMO. So you know, I, they tend to r- release with less content and add more in time. So yeah, it kind of fits the bottle, right? Right. Well... Articles such as Call of Duty's uh, play, uh, player drop-offs lasted six times longer than uh, Destiny 2's uh, caused them to pull the daily population tracker because that doesn't make it seem like you're covering up anything, does it? <laughs> no. What it makes it seem like is that Bungie was like, hey, your thing is making our game look like people don't want to play well, are you sharing my tinfoil? 80 because hours because that's that's what I was thinking was that I was thinking that maybe they were contacted by Bungie. Yeah, I was thinking they were definitely were. I mean, games require so much hype nowadays because budgets are so bloated, particularly hype. marketing budgets. So they go after this thing that's making them look not super great, and be like, "Hey, stop it!" or you know, we'll do whatever. Or hell, they might have bribed him. Who knows? We might find out later. But as of right now, we don't know. Yeah, which honestly, how is it reporting a false narrative if there's a, a significant downward trend? I mean, granted, yeah, on launch, there's obviously going to be your peak time. That's going to be your peak until you have your first major patch. But seeing some of uh, the charts of uh, people that people are talking about. It's hard to ignore. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's, uh, I'll uh, link you this one, Jared. This, this is the one of the ones that they were talking about. That's uh, the Call of Duty one. And let's see if there's, uh, if I can find the des- uh, the Destiny one on this. Uh, and here's the, oh, oh, I can't even link to the Destiny tracker now because it wasn't a, a copy and pe- it wasn't a screenshot. It's just linked to the Destiny tracker and it's gone. <laughs> Right. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, looking at these graphs, though, well, I mean, well, this seems pretty normal yeah, for most well, games. No, no, that's just uh, no. That is literally just the Call of Duty one. Oh, uh, okay. with a huge drop off when the next uh, Call of Duty came out. You could see the uh, overlap, and they were showing a faster drop off with uh, Destiny Two, but because there's no screenshot of that, well, can't uh, collaborate that unfortunately. But the fact that they're cutting the tracker because of this. Yeah. Yeah. That that seems 
That's that smells fishier than a fish market. <laughs> well, fish markets are pretty fishy, so. But yeah, I mean, I could. Destiny One, you could get through pretty quickly, like the story and. Well, I never played Destiny One. I had I had absolutely no interest playing a first person shooter with a, a controller. Right. It's um. Granted, I know, uh, console FPS has a ludicrous amount of aim assist. But it, yeah, at that point, why even bother playing, right? <laughs> yeah. Still waiting to see how it does on PC. It's about to release on PC, I think. Uh, the the servers are live now, so. Well, I, well let's check the uh, player tracker. Oh, wait. It'd, it'd be hilarious if the tracker suddenly comes back online when there's a, you know, a huge spike. <laughs> uh, Any time that any player tracker uh, or player count gets pulled, that is a huge red flag. Yeah, I agree. Hell, uh, when Blizzard stopped reporting their player numbers, that's a huge red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they just don't want people to know that things aren't going as well as they like to pretend they are. Yeah, the only time that uh, that I would support pulling a player tracker is whenever they have to start using scientific notation. But I haven't seen that one done yet. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> now, um, now I'm wondering if there's going to be some site, uh, some game out there that l- tries to list their <laughs> player count scientific notation two to the uh, or sorry one to the power of three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Make it say, uh, seem like a lot bigger uh, population than there actually is. Indeed. That population grow. <laughs> oh. Okie dokie. Anything else here? Other than I don't uh, think so. uh, wrapping our heads in tinfoil? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I- I'm glad that you said it, though, because I was feeling like you know, I was being a little crazy on that assumption, because... Yeah, no, I felt that way from the beginning, and I actually went back and reread the article to make sure that they didn't say it, because I felt it so strongly, I was like, surely I read that in there, and I just like accidentally like, uh, skipped I, no, over it. I went to make sure that this was a site that was run by Bungie. This was a third party. And cheers. Yeah, banging stuff against my coffee cup by accident. Pouring some water. P-O-O-R? or not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Exactly right. My water is doesn't have very much. <laughs> it's not very rich. It's not Avion. <laughs> oh. Yep, just shaking my head. I know you can't see it. That's why I'm calling it out. Yeah, just kind of shaking uh, my head. Speaking of calling it out, uh, uh, right. yeah, we could uh, uh, do that with an emoticon. <laughs> yep, Twitch adds loot boxes for temporary emotes. Yeah, now Twitch has had loot boxes for a while. I did not know that they'd had loot boxes for a yeah, while. Yeah, it's tied into their store system. Buying a game through Twitch, and yes, you could actually buy a game through Twitch, and buy it through a streamer's site to give a revenue share, which, yeah, that doesn't yeah have a huge conflict of interest, <laughs> because, yeah, some of these streamers are being paid to stream. <laughs> well... If you bought through their site, uh, you also got a Twitch loot box, which uh, gives you a permanent emoticon or badge or you know, some other nonsense as a little bit of an extra, which 
Okay, dumb as hell, but fine. It's an extra. Now they're doing it for donations. <laughs> uh, are we really at this point? I uh, would appear so. Okay, okay, well. Oh, let's dive into this uh, pile of shit. Uh, they have a set of temporary, and I highlight the term temporary here, versions of their most popular global emoticons. And yes, I am referring, uh, refusing to call them emojis for the time being. Where if you cheer more than 250 bits at a time, you get a Halloween loot crate that contains one of six temporary zombie emoticons. Didn't it say if you collected them all, you got to keep them? Yes, but that's at least six times to get the full set. And there's a chance to get uh, the same one more than once. Or you just buy in for just shy of 65 bucks and get the, uh, get the, uh, permanent one permanently. Yeah, the permanent one permanently. Permanent. Yeah. Lee. No, actually, it's Kappa. Hey, Ooh. Anyway. Uh, it's just... Why? Uh, maybe Be I'm old, but this seems like bullshit. Maybe I'm old. Yeah. It is, but they see an opportunity... I assume they see an opportunity to make money, and they're going to try and take it. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they've been uh, pushing heavily the spit system, which is... Uh, well, borrowed from porn sites, or at least in the West. In the East, it's on uh, more streaming sites, but on the West, it's porn. <laughs> Where are you buying the- The internet is for porn. Porn! Uh, th thank you, Avenue Q. Scrap <laughs> your dick and double-click, the internet is for porn. Also known as internet for you. <laughs> I'm standing up right now to help me, like, stay awake and alert, and I just did, like, a little dance. Well, I'm glad we can't see that. I'm still doing my little dance. Oh no, he's he's doing the forbidden dance. <laughs> Story time. So when I was an undergrad, oh, no. uh, I went to a conservative Christian college for reasons that unfortunately were out of my control. But where every dance uh, is the forbidden dance. And dancing was forbidden, but they had a dance class you could take. To learn like the basics of like ballet and swing dancing and some other stuff. Uh, wait a minute. But they didn't, well, no, here's how they, they logicked around that or, you know, logic loopholed around that. They didn't call it dancing. They called it stage movement because you were doing movements on a stage. What? Yep. I took that class actually because I wanted to learn how to dance and it was really shitty and I didn't learn how to dance. Uh, well, you wouldn't learn to how to dance in a stage movement class. <laughs> no. No, we made jokes about that all the time. Even, like, the conservative Christian kids were like, hey, were we going to move some stages today instead of dancing? I remember, left with your legs. <laughs> uh, nope, you definitely want to lift everything with your back. Just throw your back right out. It'll be good for you. Anyways, yeah, we're sorry. Yeah, for, we're completely off topic, but that's hardly a good. sorry for derailing with a fun story. Oh, uh, uh, and uh, there's even more bullshit to this. It's not just yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, 
tier 250 bits, which is, I think, about $3.50 uh, to get the loot crate, which that's pretty expensive for a loot crate to begin with. <laughs> On top of that, you can only get one per your donation. So if you tier 500, you get one. How much money is 250 bits? It's, uh, well, th- your first 500 bits is, uh, hang on, ju- I literally just saw it here. Um, uh, hang on, let's, let's go to the bit site and, uh, see. Let's see, 500 bits, uh, the first time around is three bucks fifty. You get a 50% discount, but normally it's seven bucks. So 500 bits is seven bucks? Yeah. Okay, so that would mean that it would be three fifty. Uh, three fifty for a tree for a loot crate. That's a little expensive for loot crates. Normally, a loot crate is like ninety nine cents or a dollar something. Yeah, but if you cheer with five thousand ch- uh, in one uh, go, you get the permanent unlock immediately in one loot crate for the temporary, which is sixty four dollars and forty cents. People will do it too. Who the uh, who the hell are these people? Because the VGL podcast could use a sponsor, and we could use someone that is, yeah, you know, willing to pay that much for absolutely nothing. Yep, absolutely. Please come find us, uh, patreon.com <laughs> slash VGL podcast. We would love your support. How we'll commission Kyle to uh, uh, draw you an emoji. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll mail it to you. On the, uh, we'll mail the posty notes yeah, to you uh, on the finest of post note post-it notes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, people with more disposable income. Also, for something like this, it would be considered like a collector's item. So people would probably be more willing to spend money for it, so they could have the collectible. Yeah, which on top of that. Oh, this feels so exploitative. Indeed. Indeed I mean, hell, uh, in order to, assuming that you get the, all your non-temper, or your temporary ones, without any duplicates, which, they say there's a small chance, which, yeah, I'm calling bullshit. I'm saying that's probably the same role. Probably. That's still 15 bucks. And that's uh, doing yeah. the bare minimum, assuming that you're buying these in 500 uh, bit things. Because, uh, so this is where we are. This is where we are. And, and, and the fun part is that there's no way to buy 15 bucks worth of bits. And that's the other insidious things about this is that it goes a buck 40 for a hundred, uh, then it jumps up to 500 for seven bucks. So, even if you want to get one of the temporary ones just to be kind of uh, funny and chat or anything, you're still putting down seven bucks. Then it jumps up to 20, uh, just under 20 bucks for 15. So that's, you know, if you get no duplicates, you get, yeah, there you go. Yep. Your odds of that happening would be very low. Yeah. It just seems so insidious. I mean, if you get one duplicate, that 20 buck uh, range is gone. And you're still, and you're having to put in another seven. And kids will do that. Kids will do that. Plenty of adults will do that too. I really think that building on this well mentality is we are at a tipping point in 
when the whales are gone, it's going to end up like Star Trek and that, you know, that giant uh, uh, <laughs> cylinder is going to show up. It's going to show up to fuck up the earth. <laughs> oh. That was uh, this week's Jimquisition. He talked about. Uh, yeah, which I've been thinking. Which I've practices. been thinking about the same thing. How, there's a service. Uh, he talked about. One of the things he talked about was. Um, Scientific gravity. Yeah. And variable rate pricing. Which, oh, if if that was going on in a game and I knew about it, I would be pissed. I would be too. Who the hell thinks that's a good idea? Uh, companies who want more money and are willing to sell things at, some things at cheaper prices and well, some things well, at see, higher prices. Uh, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. All right. If you're selling uh, things at uh, varying amounts, depending on uh, uh, you know, how much uh, people are willing to put in, and once they find out about it, you're not selling a fucking thing anymore. Yeah, it's a sh- I mean, it's I a never... short term game uh, for a long term loss. Yep. Capitalism, ho! I need to go back and play uh, an item shop tale. That would be unrestricted capitalism. Capitalism, when properly reined in with government oversight, well, ho? just any oversight in general and regulation, ho. <laughs> not not quite so bad, yeah. Ho and ho, lots of ho. Uh, can't have hoes because you know, government regulation. In some parts of the world, you can. Hell, even in what's that one county in Las Vegas, or not in Las Vegas, in uh, in Nevada? Uh, probably Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not whatever county. I don't think it's whatever county. It's where the the bunny ranch is. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how much uh, they had to pay Playboy to get away from that. A lot, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, poor Hugh Hefner. I don't. I don't think I'm going to come up with another loot box themed title for this episode. Though. <laughs> uh, no, because we have other things to do, like Community Corner. Indeed, let's head on over to Community Corner. Uh, were there any tweets this week? Uh, just uh, Kim is talking about all his. Uh, uh, podcast, and he was going to send us in a list, but I never saw that. I didn't either. I checked right before we started recording, so unless it just came in, we don't have it. Um, yeah, he was talking about an itemized list. He does have a lot of pod- podcasts, though, so it might take him a while. Yeah, pre- uh, prepare we, uh, your butts. Well, uh, yeah, Jared's butt is always prepared, so. Got the lube on standby. Anyways, yeah, we were talking, it's been several weeks ago now, though, about podcasts, and he has a lot. I thought I had a bunch of podcasts, but no, he has like three times the amount of podcasts that I have. But that is beside the point, so did you say whether or not we had tweets? Uh, That was the only tweet. Okay, then let's uh, do our user question, which... It's kind of combining two of these, because they are pretty much the same thing, only reworded. <laughs> uh, what do you think are some of the best game devs? And you guys talk about shit game devs all the time. What are some good ones to look out for? You know, that That's right. pretty much the same thing, right? Pretty much, yeah. I think it's functionally the same question. Close enough for government work. <laughs> yeah, because what we do is government work. Well, uh, well, I, I, I just got back from the golf course. Oh, 
I had to adjust my mic and sit back down so I can pull my list up. I wish, I've said this before, I wish I had a standing desk or one of those desks that you could move, like change its position. Because I can't, while we're recording, I can't bend over to use the my keyboard mouse. So I have to sit back down. Oh yeah, sit down. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we each put together a list. Uh, mine has four, yours has five. Yep. We both cheated and each threw in a publisher as opposed to well, a developer. Well, I we kind had... of uh, jumped in with a, a publisher after you put in a publisher. All right, so I cheated and then inspired cheating. It's fine. I'm cheating. Since, do you want to alternate uh, or sure. do you want to do your whole? Okay. Uh, I started off, uh, my first uh, New Jerk reaction was Clay. Uh, the developer behind Don't Starve, Shank, Invisible Ink, Mark and the Ninja. Uh, don't Starve Together, Don't Starve, uh, Shipwreck, does it now? Uh, the, they have a lot of games out there, and and probably one of the better open world survival games out there. And their whole thing is, they have a lot of different art styles. Their games are rarely the same, unless you get into the whole "Don't Starve" cluster that they have going on, and uh, along with Oxygen Not Included, that's sort of the same art style as well. But even if you don't particularly care for the game, it's still arguably good. I didn't really care that much for Invisible Ink, but I still enjoyed my time with it. It was still a fairly good game. Uh, Don't Starve, I'm not huge into the open world survival games, but I still enjoyed playing Don't Starve. They are very gameplay structurally sound, which sounds kind of uh, like a backhanded compliment, for, but for some of these uh, genres that they work in, it's kind of a rarity. And yeah. they also focus a lot on how visually rich their games are. Hell, just look at Mark of the Ninja. I mean, that is a very impressive looking stealth game. Yeah. I agree. All right. All you. Okie dokie. My first one, and this was the first one that popped into my head, was Firaxis Games, which is primarily known for the uh, Civilization series. But they also do the XCOM, Enemy Unknown, and then XCOM 2. Uh, it, they do have some problems. They're not perfect. They do have, particularly with the more modern Civ games, issues with DLC. Like, the, the game will basically be broken on release, and then you'll need the first DLC, or maybe the first two, to get everything fixed and have like a proper full blown. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, do, do you want to experience? Uh, uh, take a shot at Clay to, you know, uh, uh, is there anything that you don't like about them and kind of play, you know, counterpoint with each of our developers? I don't, I don't know enough about Clay and their games to really be able to do that. I'm only familiar with Don't Starve, really. Um, some other games I've heard about from listening to okay, other podcasts well, I was or just whatever. Offering that as a suggestion. No, that's, I mean, that's fair. I mean, if you have something that's a negative, yeah. well, well, for access, uh, you already covered uh, was uh, the DLC practices that they uh, kind of handle. Right. But e- even though they do have that issue, particularly mostly with the Civ series, um, the XCOM games also not perfect, but their initial releases had, you know, tons of content and the DLC didn't, wasn't required for the game to really feel complete. Um, 
it they you know they don't do things like at least now I hate that I have to like preface that but they don't do microtransactions they don't do loot boxes yeah where such a especially shitty where we have to preface things like that yeah especially for the XCOM series their their DLC feels a lot more like old school expansion content um, War of the Chosen for XCOM two is practically a different game so. They have, uh, at least for the most part, their DLCs are big, full fleshed out things. And even if they're not quite big enough to be called expansions in certain games, they still offer a lot of content as opposed to like horse armor. Giddy up, so, Buttercup. Firaxis is, <laughs> Firaxis is a good one. They're definitely the biggest developer on my list. They're the closest thing I have to a AAA. But Civ is still a, and, and XCOM both are still fairly niche games, despite the fact that in their niche, they're super popular, like top of the game. But anyways, your next yeah, one. My next one is CD Projekt Red for the Witcher series. And uh, well, pretty much all the Witcher games, because there is an adventure game that's not part of the main series, but it's still fairly good. And then Gwent. Yeah, Gwent uh, is uh, coming out, which is still in the Witcher kind of franchise. Uh, yeah, the Witcher series started off a lot, uh, well, pretty rough. But over the course of the three games, I, I admit I haven't played the third one. I've only played the first two so far. I've been wanting to dive back into them to uh, be able to uh, get to the third one because, yes, you can dive into the third one, but that doesn't seem hardly right to me, uh, especially with it being an overarching story. At least I think it is. I've tried to avoid story spoilers as much as I can, so not one hundred percent certain there. But most likely, they've uh, refined and polished a lot of their gameplay uh, de- uh, design to the point that it, uh, well, Witcher 3 is hailed as one of the better open world uh, RPGs out there, period. Yeah. Which, with how crazy the open world genre has gotten in the last few years, is extremely high praise. Probably the uh, the elephant in the room is all the rumors about CD Projekt's red management and how they treat their uh, their developers themselves, which honestly have no idea how to feel about that if it's even true. Right, right, fair enough. But uh, overall, um, yeah, I, I think they're they're a good company to look out for game wise. Yeah, I don't I don't have any issues with CD Projekt Red. Anything that I want to get onto. They wouldn't be considered just like nitpicking. Yeah, uh, all of their uh, their games aren't perfect, but I I honestly am of the opinion that there's no such thing as a perfect game, or at least that I've ever played. No, I agree with you. I don't think there's such a thing as a perfect game. Uh, my my view of things is if you don't have a criticism, you haven't tried hard enough. But then again, I'm a hard ass uh, critic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my next one is Egosoft, the developers of the X series. Um, I already know what my while there were, is here. Well, while there were a lot of issues with Rebirth, they did go in after listening to uh, the audience and make a whole bunch of changes to fix a lot of the problems with it. Um, and they say that they've taken all of that criticism on board for the for X4. Um, and they're keeping sort of the best stuff from Rebirth that fans actually liked and then getting rid of a bunch of the stuff that they didn't. So hopefully that's 
good. But I mean, the X series is just a solid series. They've just been plugging away at that thing for God, a decade and a half now. Yeah, it's uh, give yeah, or take. It's a very, very old series. It's I don't think it's the oldest of the first person uh, spaceship spaceship sims. That's surprisingly hard to say, but it's probably up there. Yeah, and they do DLC, but all of their DLC is much closer to expansion level. Um, and it's all standalone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, the only one that needs something else installed is Albion Prelude. But otherwise, it's basically like you get the game with each DLC. Yeah, which, uh, so what's uh, your criticism? My criticism is how they handled Rebirth, you know, uh, the initial launch of it. it. And also, it is a very, very small niche developer. Yeah, it is super niche. But but this is a, pretty much the closest you could get to hardcore space uh, sci-fi sim. Yeah. Sci-fi space sim. But, Speak while I do not. But if it's what you like, they are the best in the business. At least in my opinion. So, okay, what else you got? Super Giant Games, Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre. Extremely okay. good visuals on all these games. Granted, we didn't really care for Transistor, and two of the three are game club games. So you could go back and listen to both of us uh, just talk on length about two of these. And the games are not for everyone, obviously. That's going to be the big thing here, especially Transistor. It is a big departure from what Bastion was in both a good and a bad way. And I'm not sure how Pyre pans out. I know that the combat in it is almost sports game-esque, which is strange, but I want to reserve uh, judgment until I actually get around to playing it. But... Not a lot to really talk about here because we've yeah talked for ages about two of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I feel like every criticism that we've had about those games is in the game club episode. Yeah, so. and most of them are either just you know, small technical things. Or the games, uh, well, at least Transistor and Bastion are short. Yeah, you know, single afternoon games uh, easily. Right, and that's probably the other major criticism. Beyond, you know, some oddball storytelling is that they're just short, but they are beautiful. And, oh, damn, the music in those games. Even if you don't like the story and don't like the uh, the narrator, which, if you don't like the narrator, it's hard to take you seriously. <laughs> Unless he just anno- annoys <laughs> yeah. you with all his talking. Goes, oh, that voice. Uh, the music is just absolutely beautiful in, both, in the two of the three I played. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next one is Little Green Men Games. Uh, they do the Starpoint Gemini series, which I have uh, talked quite well about for, well, ever since we started the podcast. Um, the first one's a little bit rough, but it was their very first game ever. And they learned immensely from that experience and have seriously improved the series going forward. Um, they're just a solid indie level approaching double A studio at this point, um, who just makes solid games. They've got great community and mod support. Um, they're a modern developer that is all about mods to extend the longevity of their games. And they have a, a strong set of tools that they provide to people. Um, 
probably the biggest issue I have with them is they're one they're a developer that likes to release into early access very very early on which can leave the game feeling uh quite stale and boring until it gets much farther in development but they've done it with two games so far Starpoint Gemini 2 and Warlords both released into early access like a year to 18 months ahead of when they released and they did eventually come out to full release and had expansion level size uh, DLC for both games uh, Warlords just had its newest DLC drop I haven't played it yet I need yeah, to, I I need to go here. back and play it I haven't played a but, lot uh, of Starpoint Gemini 2. I've been meaning to go back and try it. Uh, had, I got review code of it, actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, um, I was having a little bit of technical issues, but you know, that just may be that it was in early access at the time. Yeah. Yeah, they have, they've they developed their own proprietary engine for each game. Um, so, good developer all around. I don't really have any major complaints. Um, aside yeah, from uh, am I the, I, the am early I the access thing is frustrating. A theme with your stuff. <laughs> nope, nope. I noticed the theme too. Oh, good. It's not just me. Not just you, listener. Have you noticed the theme? <laughs> I will say I had a few other ones that I considered that yeah, are, my, well, in my opinion, good developers, but. I was like, well, they only have one yeah, game yeah, that yeah, they've see, done. Whenever I was uh, making my list, it, my my criteria were active developers, so that yep. killed off a yep. few. Yep. More than one game out, because there was several that I would have put on there. Hell, I would have put RimWorld's develop, uh, dev on there otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't pissed me off. Yeah, kind of a uh, no brainer on that one. Yeah, the the good dev criteria. Yeah, my criteria were exactly the same. We, um, we, so we're in sync because we didn't talk about that. We are. <laughs> no, we did not talk about that. But those are my exact criteria. Active developer, more than one. And it game. actually made me a little sad also because good. a couple of uh, the devs I thought about were either closed or had uh, done some rather shitty things. How several years ago, Blizzard would have been on this list. Yeah, for me, a couple of years ago, Bethesda would have been on the list. But, not anymore. Yeah, well, maybe in time they could turn it around, but I'm not holding my breath for Bethesda. Yeah. I hate to say that one. But how about uh, another uh, developer that I appreciate? Alright, go for it. Games for the Torchlight series. This is uh, a... Well, uh, the first Torchlight was kind of rough. It wasn't a bad game, but uh, I had a, a bit of a disagreement with how they handled the uh, content of the game, where it was essentially a tower, and you slowly worked your way down a mine into various themed areas, and it got very tiresome. For Torchlight 2, they made it a more uh, a series of dungeons, of smaller dungeons. They, it was the same general content, but they listened to their community on what they need to do to make it feel a lot more cohesive. And it worked out very well. It's a very solid entry-level ARPG. I haven't played their latest offering yet, Hob, but I do intend to at some point. It's uh, a 3D platformer. 
Okay. Uh, but overall, yep. The Torchlight series has been very good, and I'm hoping that they do another one. I do know that they're talking about doing a mobile Torchlight, which has me taking pause, but I'll at least give it a shot. I mean, hell, it right. can't be worse than some of the ARPGs I've played on mobile. Ugh. Nope, probably not. As long as this doesn't play its fucking self. Let a mobile game see. Because too. we have Jared for uh, playing with itself. hi all right. Well, the last one on my list is the one where I cheated and went for actually. I think actually, I think you got confused about the whole developer thing. What do you mean? Oh, got confused? Uh, or did you know that they were a publisher when you put them on the list? No, I knew. I knew they were a publisher because they are actually the publisher of Torchlight, Perfect World Entertainment, or at least um, uh, I think the console version of Torchlight. I know that they're listed as a publisher for Torchlight, but I'm not sure where. I see. No, 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 I was trying to think of, um, well, I knew that the same company owned, uh, Star Trek Online and Dungeons and Dragons Neverwinter and Gigantic. Uh, and I didn't know if it was a developer or a publisher, cause I know that they'd all been, well, Gigantic was fairly new, but, uh, Neverwinter and Star Trek Online I knew were, had been developed, uh, separately several years ago and brought in this umbrella. And, uh, I just got to looking at some of Perfect World's other games and realized I'd played a couple of their other games. And they have several, so I don't know if this applies all the way across the board, but they're all free to play games. And as far as free to play games go, they receive high levels of support. They have relatively fair, uh, free to play business models. Uh, I haven't checked in recently, so hopefully I'm not shooting myself in the foot and they haven't, like, gone full crazy loot box or whatever. But they have a lot of user-generated content, particularly Star Trek Online and Neverwinter. Uh, Neverwinter has like a dungeon master mode where you can create uh, dungeons and quests and things that all players can use. And then they brought that system over to Star Trek Online. And I think they called it something like Episode Creation or something like that, which it's the same premise. Yeah, there, there was um, uh, some of the more popular stuff was just loot farms, but there was a few story stuff. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek had, in particular, had a lot of really fun uh, episodes that people created. Some crazy stuff with Q, in particular, Q. that that I remember playing. So, I mean, if you wanted to just do Star Trek, um, you know, play episodes of Star Trek, the user-created content was where to go. So uh, They made it so. Just... They did make it so. So, just a lot of really good free-to-play games that have pretty fair business models. Um... So, there you go. Yes, and my last one, since you decided to cheat on a publisher, I did as well, with Devolver Digital. They are a publisher of a lot of strange niche things. Hell, they have the bird dating simulator. Uh, Hydro Boyfriend, they... Have entered the Gungeon, the Shadow Warriors series, Hotline Miami, Broforce. They have 134 games on Steam. <laughs> uh, well, that's including DLC, but yeah, they do fairly well overall. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you'll be able to find something that you like. And that's what I really like about them is that they're willing to take risks and do things that are... A little off the wall. Granted, whenever they do their E3 conference, it's a 
you know, not something I particularly cared for. But I think that was, they were already saying what I was thinking there. <laughs> right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't Devolver Digital gone, gone back multiple times to Kickstarter? Yeah, I think so. And that, that, other that's services? The, that's the downside of it. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about them, is that even though they're a successful company, mm-hmm. that they have repeatedly yeah, gone but back that's to also after to get, their initial But that's project. starting to get in vogue as well. Uh, I mean... Uh, Look, Studio Larian uh, has done that with uh, uh, Davidi Original Sin 2. And uh, the only reason why I didn't put them on the list was that, you know, Davidi Original Sin, we've had some interesting times with bugs in that game. Yeah, I considered that too, but I marked it off the list because of how, uh, not broken, but how janky Divinity can be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just clicking through Devolver Digital. How the. They have XSplit on here as a publishes Devolver Digital on Steam. Huh. Wait, XSplit? Yes. As in yes, like that the recording software that I use? Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, XSplit Premium is uh, on Steam as well. And rated mostly negative. That's probably the least uh, rated thing on here. <laughs> uh, mostly because I don't think people want to buy a subscription. Can't blame yeah. them there. Exploit. I'm now on their website or Exploit's site. Well, it's listed as Devolver Digital and Steam. Maybe they handle the Steam side of things. I don't know. But they have quite the assortment of things. Good to know. And plus, uh, they have odd games. I think that's what I really appreciate about them is that they're willing to take risks because, oh, the gaming industry could get so fucking stale. Yeah. Content and creative partners, Devolver Digital. They're the first one listed. Oh, and there you go. Knowing us half the battle. I mean, they've got a lot of partners, but I guess maybe Devolver's their biggest maybe. one or just negotiated. To just handle the Steam side of things? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, to be perfectly honest. Because they're also partnered up with Capcom, AsiaSoft, Tespa, Elephant... Was that a beast something? Beast of the East mm-hmm. or Ten O LLC? I wonder. Uh, well, I, I would uh, make a Warframe joke, but I would doubt that's them. Yeah, it's not. But all right, is that that for? I all think of our- so. So, if you were to send in a uh, community question, which we're actually running a little low since we combined two of those. You can send them uh, to us, vglpodcast at gmail.com, or just tweet them, vglpodcast on the Twitter. Awesome. Possum? So, awesome possum. Neato burrito. Cool beans. What? That's the third game in the series. (laughs) That means it's time for me to close a bunch of tabs. Hit the music, and I immediately get a game. There you go. I've been seeing this game all over the fucking place on Twitter. Uh, Opus Maximum. This is a programming puzzle game where you're uh, creating a machine uh, uh, to uh, make different uh, 
chemical compounds. This is from the developer of Space Chem, actually. I didn't realize that they had another game coming out. This is on the wish list and something I want to pick up at some point because Space Chem is one of my favorite puzzle games. It's a very niche title. It requires a lot of tinkering, but if it's anything like Space Chem, which what Twitter has suggested it is, it has a lot of room with for varying solutions to different puzzles and a lot of tinkering to streamline your designs if you wish to do so. It looks absolutely gorgeous and absolutely confusing as well. <laughs> I'm sure it's one of those things that it looks like a hot mess if you haven't played it, but it makes a lot of sense otherwise because Space Game was the same way. Right. Well, I'm still looking for a game. And I got my second game on my second pull. Gold Rush the game. <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, well, the History Channel Gold Rush, or uh, uh, Mining for Gold uh, TV show, the game, which could be either really good or really bad. It has mixed reviews right now, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. But there's... It has a huge potential of being a just kind of goof-off game, you know? Sort of like how Eurotruck is. Sorry, can you repeat that last sentence? You broke up for just it a second. It has a good potential of being a, a really good goof-off game like Eurotruck. Uh, that's why they're suggesting it along with spin tires. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Well, so far I haven't seen anything... Oh, there's boobies. Never mind. What is this? Knights of Azure 2, Bride of the New Moon. This looks like a JRPG with boobies. You, I'm in. Uh, and you're putting on the list? Yep, it's from Koei Tecmo. I'm bringing a link over. Yeah, well, I got my third game already. <laughs> this is a good uh, discovery queue for me. Yeah, apparently so. I mean, literally, I just, like, what I said is the game. Well, JRPG I still want to see the boobies. Looking game with... With boobies. Come on, activate the link. Well, there's your link. Well, you have to activate the link. There we go. Yeah, those are boobies. I've confirmed boobies. Definitely boobies. That, that is one impractical outfit. <laughs> Where the breasts are expo exposed for our pleasure. It seems like, but it's it seems actually like there's a, something going on with their uh, page, because if I try to click on the last uh, screenshots, it cycles all the way back to the front. Oh. But, uh, yeah, wow, that, that is a lot of underboob in that outfit as well. Almost as good as side boob, but I'll still take it. Uh, well, moving along to my game, Potty Hard Tycoon. This is... Uh, published by Tiny Build, which probably should have been on my list as well. They have some inter interesting titles. It's a tycoon game based on the Party Hard game, which I didn't really care for Party Hard, mostly because its stealth didn't make a lot of sense. But I have a soft spot for tycoon games, and if this could uh, be handled well, which right now it's not rated all that well... It could uh, do well, but it's in early access, so I would say give it a wait and see how things go. Unless you're really uh, hard up for a tycoon game where you're running a nightclub. Which, there's not a lot of those, actually. Yes. It's, a, it's an interesting niche. Yeah. Indeed. 
Well, I got another one. Blackberry Honey. This is a visual novel. Let me just oh, read God. you this, the short splash description. A lesbian love story set in Victorian England featuring maids, music, and finding love in unexpected places. I'm in. Oh, you. Oh, me. Hmm. Hmm. Nope. May have a another one. Unfortunately, no boobies for you. So you've lost all interest already. Well, poo. Uh, no, none of that either. <laughs> it's called War Banners. It's a turn-based strategy RPG. It has a feel of sort of an old school. Uh, it almost looks tabletopish, where they have so many units on the screen. Yeah. Not, I've seen this game before. It's rated whiskey positive, at least. I'm not sure how it works out, but it doesn't look too bad overall. Uh, oh, I didn't. <laughs> yep, that's the rest of my queue. And I got another one right away. Uh, I got I got Dang. all the good games. Warhammer Two, Fair Warhammer so. Vermintide Two. Essentially, take Left for Dead. But put it in the Warhammer uh, universe, uh, the fantasy version of it, uh, with all the rats in the world, and uh, try to survive. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. it. The first one had some issues with uh, the amount of content it had, and I don't think that there was a uh, competitive mode, you know, uh, t- uh, uh, the versus mode from the original uh, Left 4 Dead, I should say, from Left 4 Dead. It's inspiration, essentially. But, you know, it's still worth a look if you're looking for something to scratch at Left 4 Dead like Itch and you're a fan of the Warhammer genre. I still have four games to go through. Damn. I mean, I'm... I guess I'll just sit here. I'm not gonna start another queue. I got two games. Start masturbating? Yeah, maybe. Oh, who am I kidding? You never stopped. Oh dear God, that's horrible. They, they don't even have a logo for this game. There you go. Anonymous, the game. Oh, that's even worse. What? It, it looks like a, an MM. It looks like I, I'm trying to think of. It looks like a slightly higher def version of EverQuest, only with a sci-fi theme. Okay. It doesn't look good. Like sci-fi? It doesn't look good. Oh, it says okay. currently in alpha built. And it has a $20 buy-in. No. Yo, on second thought, looking at my last game, I'd much rather play it than this. Alright. Uh, That's very low praise. Uh, Well, zombie survival Minecraft. And it has pretty much completely all negative reviews. Well, that's very sad. Yeah. And we're done here. Well, that was the Discovery queue. I got five mm. games. <laughs> there you go. I had two. Uh, and orders you stored in the world. Indeed. Alrighty. Well, that means we come to the part of the podcast where I go And first. I go and hit the elevator while me, you chatter away. Indeed. If you want to find me on the YouTubes which is where all of my videos and things are. You can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. Like I said, I had a hectic weekend with my in-laws here and doing house projects, so no recording was done. You're just continuing to see the backlog of all the videos I had already rendered and uploaded, and that will continue this week. It's getting pretty close to the end. It's just a few more, so 
Uh, hopefully I get some more recording done before those catch up. But if not, then uh, I hope you enjoy those and there will be more recordings later next week, most likely. More new recordings, I should say. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so by going to at JMA4707. I tweet about all kinds of things. If you want to want wish 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 if you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. We stream games most Friday nights. Occasionally, I can't because of things, but most Fridays. Also, if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending your friend request to jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests. So far, everyone has been nice and lovely and cool. So hopefully, you keep it that way. And if you want to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is dumpster fire. <laughs> Fair enough. Dumpster fire. And I had good time in coming back. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, a little too much water and a little too much Kool-Aid, I guess. But hey, Where it can- worked out. Okay, so this is going to be an interesting week for me because I'm still in the middle of the choosing for the replacement of Dark Cloud 2 because Google decided, no, you're not doing emulation without us being the ever-living hell of your channel. And my views are still hugely down because of it. And RimWorld broke. So I have two series offline now. And I'm debating on what I'm going to do with RimWorld because as I was recording the last episode of Better End, the Better End, <laughs> a little appropriate of a title there, I guess, with uh, how it ended. I mean, I could have continued, but I had too many things broken. I guess I either modded too much or, you know, I just had bad luck. I think I just had bad luck, to be perfectly honest, with something going wrong. Yeah, something saved incorrectly. Or I just had a file corrupt somewhere. But as I was recording that, the announcement of Alpha 18 for RimWorld was put out and the beta version of that. So I'm tempted to hold and set up for RimWorld 18 in probably about a month. And I'm very tempted to do that just because my RimWorld series tend to last for a while. Uh, what do you think? Besides thinking it's very important. <laughs> I think that you should always wear your seatbelt and be sure to drink your Ovaltine. No, I think it would be alright to wait. I assume that's what you're asking. Yeah. What do I think? I, I think it would be alright yeah, to wait. I'm, just, I, I'm uh, kind of spitballing the idea because it will take me at least a week to reset because I could have... Uh, uh, if my mod set didn't break... Or, yeah, something go wrong. I could have done a quick turnaround and had uh, new videos out by Thursday. Yeah, just take the uh, extra episode off and uh, do my uh, next uh, generation and uh, go on. But with things breaking, I want to tear down completely and rebuild from scratch and do a full retesting, which is you know, about 10 hours worth of gameplay. To And okay. I had the uh, break at the 20-hour mark to give you an idea. <laughs> Or actually, 26 hour mark. So, yo, I tested, but obviously not enough. Or I just had things go uh, odd. In order to uh, get set back up, it's going to be at least a week, most likely two. Odds are, next alpha's in four. So, 
I'm tempted to just you know, take the extra time off, focus on getting uh, the choosing done, get uh, my next uh, series up and running, have Google beat the ever-living hell out of my channel again, because obviously I chose the wrong thing. Oh, I'm getting a little frustrated with YouTube. Has Have, have you noticed that? <laughs> I have. I have. I've heard some behind the scenes. Maybe stuff. I should just go to Twitch here. Just put all the random bullshit on the screen. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem to care about copyright. Hell, it seems like every single Twitch stream I go to, there's some sort of, uh, you know, obviously licensed music playing. Have you noticed that as well? Indeed, I have. Boy, I bet Rio would just have a field day on if they could get a hold of Twitch. But at least the Vandy's still going for now, so we still got that going for us, which is nice. Indeed. And uh, the Sunday sampler should hopefully be okay this week. Next week, I got a real treat for you. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the Sunday sampler. It's going to be the Monday sampler again because of embargo. And this is, of course, assuming that I don't have any sort of recording issues because that's bit me in the ass as well. And the Sunday sampler is always the most volatile in my uh, series. Well, actually, it kind of tied with uh, the Vanity Original Sin nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> sure. Because somebody sure. has a life. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to see whatever the hell eventually turns up on my YouTube channel, you can find me over at Gaming with Caffeine, right? Just assuming Google hasn't shut me down. Or you can see me tweet somewhat randomly about who knows what. I was tweeting about how RimWorld is getting closer and closer to Dwarf Fortress because it's getting the combat log now. And it's getting some of the more fun mental breaks. Let's put it this way. There's a chance now that somebody could uh, mental break and go dig up a corpse and throw it in the uh, meeting hall. <laughs> because, you know, uh, they don't care, right? Nah. Or probably my favorite no need my, to care. my favorite of the new mental breaks is targeted insults. They follow a random colonist around and just start random uh, yeah, constantly insulting them. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun in the dwarf fortress sense <laughs> of the word. And when a rim world returns, you can find it on Game with Caffeine Rage. Hopefully, assuming it doesn't break again. Or Gaming with CR on the Twitter. So, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Once again, if you wish to email us with your viewer questions or emails or voicemails or... Well, you probably shouldn't shove a carrier pigeon into the internet because who knows what uh, that would turn up with. You can email us vglpodcast at gmail.com or you just tweet us vglpodcast on Twitter. If you, all, if you wish to help pay for this absolute madness... You could uh, contact us, BGL, uh, uh, sorry, BGL Podcast on Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. <clears throat> sorry, my voice is starting to go. I've talked too much. That's fine. We're right here at the end. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. <laughs> Don't forget the website, VGLPodcast.podbean.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and who knows where else. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his music at incompetech.com, as well as our Discovery Q music, doobly-doo. And as always, <clears throat> as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye.